All right, here we go. Couple of Marines. All right. Ah. <laughs> Brian, great to have you. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, pull the mic up to you. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, appreciate that being able to come out here and hey, just have a beer with, with with some fellow Marines and, and talk and uh, reflect and then uh, talk about what we're doing and going in the future. Cheers. Yeah, actually, can I get you to maybe scoot up a little? You can bit pull more? the yeah, mic put, or yeah. or scoot this way. And yeah, scoot. Yeah, let's scoot the chair over there and just talk oh, to yeah. the mic. There we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank. Yeah. Well, right back at you. Thank. Thank you for coming. Um, this you is know, awesome. Shoot, well, you shit. enticed me with free beer, so <laughs> <laughs> turn that down. Yeah, free, beer, all... free beer that you had to give us a ride to go get. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Semper Fidelis. Semper Fi. Um, yeah. So you know, we got some things to talk about. One of the, the big thing we want to come back to is your involvement in Bitcoin, but uh, first things first, let's uh, talk Marine Corps bullshit for a little while. Like, yeah. uh, you know, tell us about your career and uh, the you path know. you've been on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The uh, well, you know, you know, I, I can tell people first and foremost, I'm a uh, I'm a father, a husband, uh, a Marine, and a veteran. Uh, signed my contract June 21st in '96, right after my junior high school. Junior year in high school? Yeah, right after, literally like three weeks after we get out for summer break. Um, so you knew as a kid, basically, that you yeah, were going I, to the Yeah, I Marine knew. Corps. I was, you know, my, my grandfather, both grandfathers were, you know, War II veterans. And, um, you know, uh, oh, I knew, I knew. I think I knew since I was six years old that I wanted to serve um, and be in the military. Did um, you do that thing as a junior where you went? No, in the, the Marine summer? Corps didn't have that. Yeah, I was Army say, did. I, I almost did it. But my football coach said, hey, if you go, you ain't, you know, I can't guarantee you to play football. So I was like, I'll oh, piss on that. <laughs> Went down and met the Marine recruiter, and and uh, he said, hey, you know, think what you got. You know, you think you have what it takes to become one of us, you know. Like, you know, like the, like the poster, I don't promise you a Rose Garden. I ain't promise you anything. And I was yeah. Like, Sign me up. Called mom and dad. I was like, hey, you got to come down here because I was only 17. So, that, you know, but uh, but no, the intention was, was to do four years, not uh, not 25. Damn. Um. But uh, no, went into my senior high school. Um, March just turned 18 years old. Found out I was going to be a father to my high school uh, girlfriend. That kind of changed his perspectives on life in a small <laughs> town. Got to go home and tell dad, who's a public, you know, and a public figure, is a, a lawyer and magistrate, that uh, that uh, that hey, he's going to be a grandfather. Um, so that, that was that was that was uh, yeah, it was tough. And uh, but then. Uh, graduated high school in June, left for boot camp like three days later, stepped on the footprints June 3rd, came back in August. Was your kid born by that point? No, my daughter was born uh, in October. Okay. So October 3rd, Jacqueline, uh, Jacqueline Robertson. Came back, um, was in the reserves, going to college, working full time. Um, things, you know, luckily I didn't, you know, I didn't say, this, you know, Luckily, yeah, I would say, you know, luckily I didn't marry her mother. You know, I mean, we, we broke up, but, you know, mar having getting married because you have a kid, I believe, is not. The, Especially not, when you're 18. Yeah, it's not the right <laughs> thing. It would have been a, a, um, a, 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 a ill-informed, you know, emotional decision, vice the right decision. Yeah. Um, you know, progress through the reserves. Um, well, so you were a reservist. Yeah, so I initially was, act was going active. I was assigned security forces. So I would do two years of security forces, two years as a grunt, as an 0311. But then when I found out I was a kid, um, I switched contracts with my with my buddy. Gotcha. He took my contract with security forces. He ended up in Kings Bay, Georgia, down there guarding, guarding the nuke entrance and subs. 
I did the reserve thing. What MLS were you as a reservist? So there was, was a 5811, which was is an MP. Okay. Uh, never been in a patrol car, never stood a gate. They were they were basically did EPWs, battlefield circulations, route reconnaissance, things of that nature. So it was cool. I was still in the field. Um, later, the Marine Corps made that into an actual what's called division MPs, an actual MOS that, that did that, or a field that did that, and recently they've done away with it as with cuts and manpower and things of that nature. You really had to grow up fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was tough. Uh, go to school, work full-time, try to be a father. Um, I wasn't the best father in those years. You know, I was still a kid, to be honest with you. And, um, and then try to have a social life too, right? Um, try to have all those things and try to figure out what's, you know, some of the things I, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, I was there for my daughter. I wish I was there more and did <coughs> things, but it, it was difficult. Um, but junior year of college, got into the officer's program. My platoon sergeant said, hey, you ever thought about this? I said, no. Um, I think they were kind of worried I was going to take his job because when I was a Lance Corporal, I was a fire team leader, Corporal on my left. When I was a Corporal, I was a squad leader with a sergeant to my left. And I was always gunning for the platoon sergeant spot. Yeah. But uh, great mentors. Met my wife, Christina, in uh, junior year of college. Fell in love with her first day. I was Lance Corporal then. And uh, got my commission. We were we actually weren't dating then. And then uh, we got back together and then just kind of progressed on the career. You know, 9-11 happened while I was, when I was a corporal. Um, so I joined in peacetime. It was a different, you know, platoon sergeant always said, you know, if you stick around the gun club long enough, something will happen. Yeah. We didn't know it would be another 20 years of war. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, so you twenty five years, you're you're on your retirement, and you've most of that time has been wartime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was twenty of twenty of the twenty five years. Yeah, I mean, it was as a young 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 guy in the nineties. You know, he's like we pray for war. Uh, you know, now I pray for peace. To be honest with you, yeah. you know, I mean, it's nobody wins at the end of the day. I mean, it's right. fun until. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, like I mean, it's, wh- it's, where you went, where you deployed, stuff like that. Yeah. So as a uh, as when in reserves, I had a great opportunity. I, I deployed in Norway, Nicaragua. Um, wow. The uh, CACs, Twenty Nine Palms, Garden Ammo ASP. That's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> but had some great opportunities, and then uh, as as an officer, as a lieutenant. Um, did a UDP to Okinawa, so like you guys talked about your time in Okinawa, your yeah. first episode. Been there, done that. Uh, lucky I didn't get NJP'd or court martial. So are we for the drunken nights? <laughs> I'm and, telling uh, you, well, I, we weren't 21. I, no, <laughs> I did get NJP'd in Okinawa. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go into that, but yeah. I did get NJP'd. Yeah. Drinking the habu sake. And yeah, other, yeah, I drank some of that. Other crazy stuff, but I uh, came back from that, then deployed to Iraq. Um, had a company minus reinforced, uh, so I had. Uh, Three platoons of Marines, a tank section, snipers, um, and my own AO. There. Is this when you were a lieutenant? I'm guessing. Uh, I, so by then, I, I just pinned on captain. Okay. okay. Uh, so I broke my leg when I was a lieutenant, really bad, and it kind of delayed me like a year at the schoolhouse. Yeah. Um, but I was EXO then. EXO got fired prior to deploying, actually in the Phoenix. Um, my boss called me in and said, "Hey, I need you to go. Uh, I need you to go brief. I was a platoon commander at the time. He said, hey, I need you to go brief the recon battalion commander on this, this op. <coughs> and he's like, I need you there in 10 minutes. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Like, 10 minutes. It's, it's, I got to give a brief. I got to get over it. I got to figure out even what this op is. And I'm mad. I'm figuring he's the, bu- the guy's throwing me under the bus because um, he don't want to go brief. So I yeah. get over there. And uh, luckily, people were late. So I had a couple more minutes. I briefed this guy. I get back, and he said, uh, you passed. And I said, what do you mean I passed? I, w- I was pissed. Like, I'm thinking he threw me on a bus the whole time, you know. He said, I fired the XO. He's gone. He's like, you're XO now. 
uh, battalion sent a new lieutenant take your platoon over, and we're deploying like a month and a half later. Jesus. Um, so I said, oh, okay, now, now I get it. Um, <laughs> Marine Corps games. Yes, yeah, right? It's like you're going to see if you fail or not. Well, you fire me next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but did that deployment. That was uh, 06, 07 on Ambar, so it was still, uh, you know, every day I was in a place called D-Lob, getting blown up every day, shot every day. It was the morning routine, about 09. Came back from there. I went to be an instructor at the basic school. That's where you go and, and uh, was an instructor there. Instructor for what? Uh, so every every Marine officer goes through a six-month school after they're commissioned. And it's like after they graduate yeah, officer so school or whatever? after they graduate officer school. So they go through six months um, of, of field training um, to become provisional infantry platoon commanders. Oh. And then after that, then they go to whatever their MOS school is. Gotcha. So a lot of people don't realize, I didn't know when I was enlisted, a lieutenant's going to hit the fleet. He's already been in, he or she, over a year. Um, so officers are actually a little bit more combat trained than, like, a POG MOS. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, like as a POG. Um, you get lost in the jungle. Well, the, we got MCT for two weeks, and then it's yeah, like. Yeah, they're going to get six months of that. Okay, so it's like six months of yeah, MCT. So when they leave at the six-month mark, they, they're, they have all led a platoon live fire events. Oh, wow. Our movement, okay. our maneuver. So support I didn't know that. Um, they've all called for artillery and airstrikes with actual physical rounds, um, all those basic skills that cool. no other service does. So I did a tour there as instructor. Me and, me and wife were two hours from getting divorced at that point because all I did was deploy, deploy, came back, and all I did was work, work, work. Came home. She said, uh, I'm not in love with you. I said, I'm not paying for a roommate. Get out. <laughs> that sucks. Um, <laughs> but it was the best thing that ever happened to us, to be honest with you kind of brought back things and then uh went to camp lejeune after that deployed to africa as a ground combat element commander gabon senegal we're in africa uh ghana senegal gabon Oof. like central western yeah um but i love that's really when i got into being you know had to, in iraq i did some advising had an iraqi army company and the ip station but then over there is doing foreign military advising to the to the uh, africans which i really enjoyed good people yeah, yeah. Central West Africa was was great. I mean, former British, French colonies. There's differences. Yeah, you know. Um, I've been to a lot of. I'm, I lived in Vietnam for a while, okay. and I've been to some. You know, it's we used yeah, to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I it's I'd got say, that influence uh, still. I say, and I guess I'm free to to say whatever here, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because because the FCC's not going to bark. You know, on I say, I say, the white man's been screwing the world up for hundreds of years. Creation <laughs> 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 of French and colonization yeah. and everything. All right, we're still paying. We're still paying the price for it. You know, yeah, including there, big time. Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, big time. I um, know. Yep. But yeah, I came back from there and volunteered again to redeploy to Afghanistan as a team leader for an Afghan border police uh, gig. You you applied for that? Uh, no, I volunteered. Oh, oh. So I redeployed three months later to Afghanistan. Um, I told the wife I was ordered to. Um, <laughs> the oh, you're screwed now. We're gonna yeah. put this on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She knows now. Oh, okay. But I uh, went over there as a, a, a 21 man team, four four man teams that I deployed out with our uh, Afghan companies, and then a headquarters, and then I advised the uh, equivalent like battalion commander. So we did that. I was with First LAR um, down in Southern Helmand for that, and um, but came home from there. Did the normal ops. Came home from Afghanistan. Yeah, I did opso, exo to battalion, and then I went to work at the Pentagon um, as a ground combat element advocate. So I was advocate. guessing you're a major at this point. Is yeah, right? yeah. I was no. just at that time I was pick, picked up major, went to the Pentagon, got done with that, went back down to second tracks, second A battalion. So I was, a, I was assault amphibian vehicle crew or officer 
as well as I got into as an off as an officer and talk about the MWS there. Um, they're only for UDP. I deployed to Okinawa with vehicles, but every other thing is provisional infantry companies um, for Iraq, Afghanistan, um, and then eventually back to Iraq. But I uh, went back down there, uh, deployed to Norway. I was another ground combat element advocate or Man, you got advisor. lucky with your deployment. Nobody gets yeah. to go to Nicaragua and Norway. I, know, I, I don't know any Marines that have died. To do that, that was, you know, there's a lot of shitty places, but these <clears> were cool. And then came back and then I volunteered to be a task force op. So, um, so we were advisors to an Iraqi army corps, which is 30,000 Iraqis for OIR. So fighting ISIS, uh, that was a 15 months total workup and then nine months deployed. So it was a long, as a task force officer, I had, we had around, around 1,000 folks from all the branches, National Guard, Reservists, Army, Air Force, Navy, um, international officers, Polsoc, uh, Italian SOF, uh, Spanish SOF. Uh, we had a SEAL team that, that worked there with us, um, an Army ODA uh, team. And uh, as a task force officer, we controlled an airfield. We had uh, Paladin artillery batteries, so it was – 18 hours a day for about nine months, seven days a week. Um, I called it like kind of my prison cell. Doing work. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. It was do do our officers uh, required to do a B-billet, like enlisted? Yeah, they, they, they do. Um, I did instructor duty at the basic school. Oh, okay. And then I went back. So you have a few more options than the enlisted. Yeah, but it's still, you know, recruiting um, drill instructor, yeah. drill instructor you know, gotcha. down there. I, or, or MSG, like OIC, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if they're very – very few, right? So you have some OICs on the drill foot, OICs, MSG. Um, I went back my second non non fleet tour to the Pentagon, and the third one I went back as a uh, the head of our a, a, uh, it's called McTog, our Operation and Tactics uh, School. So for battalion and regiment officers and staff teaching tactics there. Yeah. Um, Did you so you went instructor route? Did you have any? Was there any like contention in recruiting or anything else or? Um. You know, I wanted to do recruiting because actually, believe it or not, recruiting is – to be a recruiting OIC is the pinnacle billet for, for ground combat arms officers. If you have a successful tour managing a recruiting region, um, it's almost a green light guaranteed you'll be a battalion commander. Nice. Um, is that is that because it's – well, is it because it's the biggest uh, group of people that you would lead or – No, it's – A, it's – it's they, they consider one of the toughest out yeah. there, right, because meet and mission, right? Being a recruiter is a tough, tough, tough job. Uh, so they see, it, hey, if you can make mission, right, because Marine Corps cares about mission first, right, troop, comp, you know, troop welfare always, but it's making mission. Yeah. You know, the institution cares about the institution more than the individual. Um, so that's that's kind of that, that number one. Second, I would say be instructor, obviously driven back. Um, so yeah. where were I, I don't mean to um, – I, I kind of took us off track with the B-billet thing, but uh, we're back – so after Afghanistan – you went to uh, went out to McTogg in Twenty Nine Palms again, second time stationed there. Wow! As instructor at the schoolhouse. You there. like Twenty Nine Palms? Uh, it grows on you. <laughs> oh yeah. If I was a single young individual, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. As a married old guy, it's not so bad. It's, it's out in the desert, dry. Yeah, I mean, it's you nice. Know. I like it. It's yeah. Peaceful. I, we did. We did enjoy it. Um, did time there. Went down to six months at, at CENTCOM. Here I was an Afghan planner, and then some planners there in the J Five, which is future plans at at headquarters here at the CENTCOM building. Uh, and then I executed my last PCS orders down to uh, the J-5 at, at uh, United States Special Operations Command. So I'm there at SOCOM now as a planner in their five shop. Where is that at? 
Uh, it's on McDill. So it's oh, there okay. here in Tampa. So Tampa's amazing, beautiful. SOCOM's been a great, great place to work for. Very so you've back. been here since? Been here about two years. Okay. So and then retirement's uh, right around the corner. And that's an Air Force base. Uh, what, what's the Marine presence there? It's not, probably not a lot, right? No, it's not. So you have uh, it's primarily the Air Force base uh, for the refueling wing, but then they have some, they have uh, Central Command, U.S. Central Command, which yeah. is com- component, component Command. Um, as the world's broken down geographic commands, that's the four-star general that is in charge of all central central command, which is the, the whole Afghanistan, Iraq, that whole area, kind of Asia. Um, you have MARSENT, which is the Marine component that supports that. So there's a three-star general there with that. So small group Marines, maybe a couple hundred there. And then you have um, SOCOM, which is Special Operations Command Headquarters, four-star headquarters. So CENTCOM's got about 5,000-ish people total, including some contractors, civilian GS. Same thing with SOCOM. So it's, it's small. But, uh, you know, the tribe is strong. Even though it's small, people definitely recognize when Marines are around. Um, do you have any, like, life-changing moments out of your three, de- three deployments that opened your mind up or that stick out that really made you, I don't know, just think something yeah, I mean, about the world? You know, everything – you know, all events in your life change you, right? It's just how do you deal with those events? Um, I think for some of the, the, the big events in my career was, was, A, first my daughter. My daughter being born, trying to be a father, trying to be, you know, growing up and things of that nature. I mean, I was a PFC with a kid, trying to go to school full-time, work full-time, have a life, social life, um, right? Dealing with a million different things, right? So, you know, that's kind of dealing with adversity, right? You can either let it down or keep it going. Um, obviously your first time getting shot at in combat is an experience. Um, my first time was like, okay, where they at? Let's go kill them. Yeah. Um, getting blown up is even a bigger experience. You know, everybody can say they think they're going to, how they're going to react. You know, um, vehicle in front of me got, they were taking me to a meeting. Um, so when I was going to meeting, I usually just sit back and the gunny runs the section and I just kind of take a nap. Yeah. Um, we were 50 feet into it roughly in third vehicle, you know, uh, actually second vehicle because I was third. Second vehicle just goes up in a cloud, rips the doors off the up our Humvee. Uh, two of my Marines are laying in the street, Sergeant Kraft was one of them. Um, and since I didn't have, was the only one to have responsibility in the convoy, I was like, hey, I'm out. I, I drag him out and deal with that. So, I mean, that, that kind of hits hard your first cat. I mean, Sergeant Kraft lived. He got medical discharge. He had a lot of problems. Um, but that's something that's kind of always – I haven't talked to him since. Last time I seen him or talked to him was putting him on a medevac in the mount. Um, that's probably something I haven't got. I need to give him a call and get over. I keep saying I'm going to do it. You know, I don't know yeah. why I haven't. That um, probably putting your first Marine on a helicopter that's KIA. You know, you know, even though you may not know him, you know, but it's still, it's still kind of gut wrenching. Um, that kind of eats at you because um, just the love, love you have for your your brothers, your sisters, and things of that nature. So those things, you know, and then. Being exposed to some of the bureaucracy kind of weighs on you too when I was kind of growing. Um, can you get into that a little bit, or um, <laughs> I gonna? can say if you've ever seen the movie Pentagon Wars, it's on. If you look on YouTube and watch it, it's worry about acquisitions and how they procure things. But that's what service chiefs do, right? They man train, equip through procuring things. Uh, it's 100. It's like 100 percent true. It's a spoof movie, but it's absolutely like 
Pentagon Wars. Yeah, yeah, we're going to watch that. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, but it's like hot shots part, you know, one of those things. But oh, they do it that goofy? It it's kind of, yeah, but it's Man, that was like my I love that movie when I was It's a like kid. 100% true though. I mean, every I mean, I I could tell you 100 examples of the exact same stuff on that movie that go on in real life. Um But yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. That's kind of No, totally. Totally. I mean, um what about uh, so you're a Mustang officer? What about your assessment of Marine Corps basic training for enlisted versus OCS? Um, the difference is so OCS can either be two six week sections or one ten. Um, the difference is the pace. Um, put an example is when I went through when I went to Paris Island, I was learning how to how to drill, how to march. Right, I was like, I had like two left feet. I wasn't that good at first. You know, I was pretty hard. I'm like, almost, you know, in the senior drill, so hey, it's final drill day. You're going to sick call, you know? Yeah, I yeah. Wasn't, I, I wasn't that, that bad. <laughs> um, so that's like the pinnacle of, of boot camp, right? Well, at OCS at week 10, every officer drills a platoon to a drill card for a grade, right? So they not only learn how to drill, right? They learn how, then by the end of that 10 weeks, they don't learn all the drill how to execute it, but then how to actually get out there like a drill instructor and drill the whole thing, right? So, so I mean, are you guys just doing that with your own platoon, or yeah? So, so you guys are just taking turns. Yeah, PT doing that. is physically it's um your PT and PT lasts about two hours every day. Um, it's physically, I mean, it's extremely demanding in that sense, and then everything's fast paced. There's no, it's on you. They teach the material once you study it at night when you're when you're supposed to be sleeping, you're up studying to pass the text the next day. Now, and the purpose of OCS is screen, evaluate leadership potential. You can graduate OCS and not be recommended for a commission. And actually, back then, they were having a problem because, like, 60% of the people were quitting anyways. They were like, uh, I don't want a commission. You can turn it down. You can do the 10 weeks and be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to do this. And they're like, fine, okay. And let you out of the Marine Yeah, Corps we don't want you. Entirely. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't want to do it. We don't want you. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely fast. That's what they don't tell the enlisted. Now, I would say at the same time you go through it when you, you know, you're, you're older. Right, so you're a little more mature. I think you know, probably you know, as you grow through life, you you, you would hope so. Yeah, right, start, eighteen versus 20, 22, Yeah, twenty one, twenty two is a big difference. Absolutely. So you you definitely, you know, learning capacity is a little different in that respect. But um, but know, like I said, you grew up. I mean, even a lot faster than me and Jake. Oh no, like, I mean you've we've all had experiences. You know, you've had you know unbelievable experiences that we you know that don't wish on anyone. You know, with you in school. And different things what you went through you know you had experience we've all had it you know it's just but i mean it's how do you deal with those things do you have a uh f- do you have a funny story about a drill instructor from paris island or a drill instructor from ocs you know like some kind of uh you know we we talk about this we talk about the funny things that our drill instructors did um it's hard to it's probably hard to dig yeah, it out no, from that long no. ago right i mean uh you know, when I was at Paris Island, I was on the quarter deck every day, <laughs> every day. Like Sam Fleas? like oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, I that's something we didn't have on the West Coast. I got yeah. IT'd oh. in like always. Like my name was, I was always getting IT'd. Like damn, that sucks. Um, <laughs> was it was it on purpose or <laughs> no, was it just no, yeah. it was just like I don't know. Some so, guys, so, just so just so everybody knows, IT is when the and this happens as long as you're awake. The drill instructors are ITing you. And they pull you up front, and it's push-ups, 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 yep. jumping, jump, jumping, jump, 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 jump. And if you have to do that oh, yeah. 20 times a day, it fucking sucks. Yeah. No, I was up there every day. We had a guy named Sergeant Maxwell calling the Black Devil. You know, he just <laughs> destroyed us. Um, and, uh, and then we got the, 
So he ended up like, I think it was like week nine, he ended up getting stress fractures. He had like 10 stress fractures in his leg, his femur and everything. And our senior came in and said, hey, Sergeant Maxwell, you know, I'm forced, you know, we forced him to go, you know, he's, he's on light duty. So they brought this new, this new guy in and um, we were out at the, uh, like called it BWT week. And so we went out to like where you do like your field training for the first time, okay. per se. Basic I'm, basic warrior training. Yeah, right, basic yeah, warrior yeah. training. Yeah, and uh, at, at Paris Island, you're out a place called Page Field, and there's like these old tent, these old like shacks. And where he came in and was yelling to get out, he was always like screaming in your face, had big old glasses. But he was like a smaller guy. He's probably raspy voice or loud voice. Uh, he was loud. He's probably get about five. Oh, five. Get over here right now. Get over here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he's yelling for us to all get out. And I turn around. Get out. I turn around like sprint and I run him over. Like, oh, like, hell like, no. His feet probably touched his head. Like, <laughs> crushed him. You know, and then you're like, oh my God. His, what did I just you do? are dead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> his feet touched his head. I mean, completely. Scorpion. Yeah, his no barracks covered, like flying no across way. the thing, like two things over. You know, I, I think he was as shocked as I was. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Holy and shit. And then what do you do, right? You're like, oh, uh, piss your pants. Do you help him up? Do you say sorry? Like, no matter what, it's it's not, it, there's no right decision. <laughs> this recruit? <laughs> yeah. This recruit screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they always used to say, I, if you screw up in the beginning and they say, you say, I, and they say, I, I, you mean this recruit? Oh, man. That's yeah. Crazy. So then I just got wore out. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> like another like an hour, I think. Man, um, yeah, that was that was. Where where was your spot in the in the platoon? Were you in the back and had to do the you know? Because when you do like the force marching, if you're in yeah. the back, you accordion, you accordion yeah. away. And no, I was kind of in the middle. Yeah, kind of the middle. My boot camp number was sixty nine. I think we all. Freaked. You guys remember what your laundry number was? I don't. No, I don't remember yeah. that. I had, like, thing like written on everything. The only thing I remember about my identity. <laughs> in boot camp was uh killer kilo just kilo mm-hmm. and i had like girls that would send me pictures so my like, so during mail time yeah. like where's mckelvia mckelvia you get any mail today yeah. <laughs> my, my folks they played a joke on me for for mail i told them don't you know obviously don't send you any food anything's that nature but we could send like hygiene stuff you know razors this that so i get a package when you got the package you'd always have us go back stand behind like the drill starter hand mail and you open it and show them what you got so i'm opening it up and it's a box of thin mint girl scout cookies and i'm like you got it god <laughs> damn it well then i look at it and it, they put hygiene stuff in it they want to play my parents thought it'd be funny to play a joke on it. so no cookies at all no but i'm like not cool like i'm thinking i'm gonna get like because our drill slayed they make you eat the whole thing and then they pt you it you until you threw it all up can i tell yeah. a story about that we had a uh diet recruit and he was like a defensive lineman from some school in arkansas he was a big boy and he got caught uh putting syrup on his pancakes one day (laughs) and we went back to the squad bay and they fucking sat him down on the guide's deck or on the guide's uh the guide's guide's, uh rack excuse me the guide's rack and they sat him down they put a bib on him and they brought out like seven boxes of little debbie snacks and two two liters of coke and they made him sit there and eat all of it and chug coke and say finger licking good <laughs> and then they it him on all the decks of the different platoons so it, weirdly enough <laughs> i so i was in uh 
third battalion right india company so you were in kilo company yeah. so i went through like what a month or two before you but we had a guy in my platoon and they did almost that exact same thing Let's see i'm fucking crazy uh the only thing that they they didn't do that i at least that i'm aware of is parade him around to the other yeah they paraded him to the other areas but uh they did the same thing they some, made him eat yeah. a bunch of oatmeal cream pies and drink uh, coke and then they did do was just throwing up everywhere it's yeah. ridiculous uh, anyway <laughs> hey all he did too was like drink juice or something yeah, he, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. i did get i did one time though getting a fight in the chow hall oh shit in boot camp in boot camp, in boot camp. yeah they said uh we had this guy, and he he was always stepping towards towards other recruits. And we're seeing drill sergeant said, "Hey, he steps like, get it, go at it." I don't, you know, well, we were like the senior drill sergeant yeah, told yeah. you. So we were like coming the into the chow, and we had like you're stopped, and you had to like make like two step, you could like, call him right, two steps right, then call, then like shuffle to your left. And uh, I said, "You're holding a tray like this," and I said, "Hey, go, go," and he he wouldn't go, and he went to elbow me, and I hit him over the back of the head with my tray. <laughs> And uh, started going at it, and uh, we both went back, didn't get dinner. And then I'm getting yelled at. He said, I didn't mean go at it in the middle of the chow hall. You know what I mean? <laughs> but missing a meal in boot camp would yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all you look yeah. forward to. Yeah, and, and then no when doubt. you get es- your whole platoon is a chow hall, and you get escorted just you two with, with, with Miss R. Maxwell, we call the Black Devil, you know, and you don't know what's going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I, was a, I was a diet recruit, and uh, – <laughs> I went, I went to basic training at like 218. I was supposed to weigh uh, 192, uh, but I, you know, I was playing football and yeah. all that. So I, it was a big deal that I got down to 218, but I was still I was still in the diet recruit. So I remember one of the first times that we went to the Chow Hall. Uh, they let the they basically put the diet recruits at the back. You guys remember this? Uh, so they like fed us through the line, and then it was like when the the rule was when the first guy was done, everybody yep. was done. Well, the first motherfucker was done before i even got and sat down so it was like all right well i guess i'm just throwing my tray away like we're gonna, <laughs> no food for me yeah, that, that was definitely Gosh. the first time i ever seen someone actually choking i don't know if you guys got to witness anybody like choking in the channels of boot camp i remember seeing twice like people get the hound looking over really really yeah. oh man crazy. i never saw it once yeah, it was crazy like drone structures just came down on top of the kid like they're getting ready to destroy him and then they start giving the hound maneuver save his life and then it's like get out what a brain conditioning Good way grief. to eat that was. Yeah. Every day, just no talking, no looking anywhere. And then you're like watching somebody almost get killed. And the while drill they, instructors are all sitting at their table watching you like <laughs> yep. fucking third graders. Pacing back and forth. Uh, yeah. yeah, good old. Baldwin. Good old. Maybe eating a muffin while they're just staring at you and shit. I did learn a trick, though, later in uh, years past about drill instructors. So you ever when you're hiking, you're like, man, how are these guys like? They're just like running up and down. They're like they got a full pack, you know. What I mean, you're like, God, these guys are gods. Well, one told me he said, "Hey, the reason I never took my pack off or never let anybody touch it is because I just filled it up with a beach ball." <laughs> and he's like, "That's why I was able to run like crazy. I didn't. Have, he's like, I didn't have no weight in that thing." You know? So we Those were with a, we were with a communications uh, battalion in Okinawa, and uh, but for some reason our. Uh, battalion CO always wanted us to do grunt shit. So like the, we were there for like three months at our thing and we went out in the field for two weeks and just did all these, like we were carrying saws around and you know, shit that yeah. we're not used to and whatever. But yeah, they, uh, we had some, some supply guys that, uh, 
would do the same thing, fill up their packs with just like fucking pillows and shit, and ah, stay away from my pack. <laughs> like, don't dig it. Yeah, with the uh, when, when I was a battalion XO, I was a battalion twice, but we prepped to do Bridgeport packages because we deployed as, as, as infra- provisional infantry companies in the battalion. But the uh, but then what we do because of that, and uh, is and at the end of the hunt we'd have you know whole battalion like eight nine hundred folks, and be on a tank trail, and it was like all right, everybody dump your pack out. And they'd go down. And they'd check. It oh, matter, shit. You know, if you were officer enlisted, like, you better have what's on the Anybody game. get caught? <laughs> uh, I think there was one, yeah. Oh, and uh, the dying commander, he walked down the line. It was like, I got it, you got it. You better have You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah. Damn. Was, uh, Little tricks of the trade, but yeah. sometimes you get caught. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pay the man. Yeah, well, I bet by the time you went to OCS, you, you had already been a, uh, you know, graduated Marine Corps basic training. So, yeah. I mean, what were the other, uh, what were the other students like? Did they think that that was a leg up for you, or were they asking um, you questions? Did it put you in a leadership role? I would say yes and no. Right, like there was a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of like VMI, Virginia Military Institute mm-hmm. things, and um, the Academy grads they don't go through OCS. Um, they get a diff- they go through a program called Bulldog, and then if they get it, about ten percent of Naval Academy gets to become Marine officers, that's right. a very low number, yeah. um, and they, they don't know that prior, you know, uh, who's going to get it, you know, per se, they can apply for it. Um, I mean, I knew all the games, so as they're playing all the all the games, get dressed, undress games, dumping foot lockers. I knew how to play the game, you know, dump lock the fo- dump dump your foot locker towards you, put it on the outside as a barrier, so when they come through kicking everything, they can't kick your stuff. You know, and you're getting undressed Genius. for the thousandth time Genius. in the last three Genius. <laughs> you only pull your socks like halfway off, you know what I mean? Um, go to the bathroom instead of getting showers after PT, you know, take a crap. Um, you know, so I knew how to play the games, which, so that that was good. Um, but still, I was learning. I mean, it was fast-paced even for me. I mean, I would say the stuff you're learning is like sergeant's course type stuff. I mean, yeah. five par- you're briefing five paragraph orders. So you learn it, you got to brief it, you got to understand it. You're doing different things. So it's kind of quick. Now, the one big difference when I got to the basic school, that, that six-month school, I really thought that um, that these guys went to these academies or even like the, the you know, the, the Naval Academy and things of nature were going to be, you know, head and shoulders. They're not. I mean, there is some great, great individuals and great leaders there. But, but no, I mean, we, I think that, you know, everybody's on an equal feeling playing field. Um, at least being prior enlisted, you know, it's like you can relate, yeah. understand what you, what your men and women go through, and be their way. You know, I'm not, I always try to never be a hypocrite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. My my dad is sitting as you know in the other room right here. I'm positive that his Marine Corps training was probably more difficult than mine. Yeah. In 2002. Wait. What year was what year was your dad in? I think he went through basic in sixty four. Okay, yeah, my father in law went I think sixty five or sixty six. Yeah, so absolutely. So your father in law's yeah. like your wife's dad is was a marine. He yeah for two years he got drafted in uh, Vietnam and they said uh, there's an army recruiter and a marine recruiter. This is the story he tells me, <laughs> and it was December and he said well I want to be home for Christmas. The army said no. The Marine Corps said okay we'll take you a day after Christmas. <laughs> he said all right I'll go Marine Corps. And that's how he kind of. That's how he chose. It's always funny. Like, I, had some an, of the I had an Army Marine Corps thing, too. Like the, So I, I got in a little trouble in high school and had some, like, misdemeanor shit on my record already. And the Army was taking, like, five months. And the the um, 
a, a buddy of mine came back from boot camp Marine Corps. And said, well, why don't you just come talk to my recruiter? And, and the Marine Corps guy's like, I'll have you up in MEPS in five days. He had me up in MEPS and my record in the courts, yeah. like wiped clean. I was like, what? <laughs> so that's how I ended up there, oh, yeah. too. But, yeah, I think definitely, like, your father, my, my father-in-law, I mean, that was uh, different times, definitely. And Well, what, what about now? I mean, I've heard, I've, like, what's it looking like now? Do you have any idea? Are, are, they, are they soft? It seems like all of society is getting pretty soft. I mean, I, like, what's yeah, how, how are they? Training? How yeah, are they responding uh, to all this wokeness? No, I think, um, you know, Marine Corps is still holding, holding to the standard. Um, That's good to hear. Uh, do they have the the stress card? Is uh, that something? Is uh, that another like that. another branch that does that I, or something? I know the Army used to. I'm not sure if they still do. I mean, the Marine Corps still. You're going to have, you know, I think the, the training they're providing now is even better. Um, you know, they're still holding off on the whole integration piece. Marine Corps doesn't believe that it adds value, um, and that's the thing with with the last. They've discussed it though, right? They, well, they they've been trying. You know, the Senate and the House has tried to mandate it. Oh, I'm not is that 100% right? up on the policy, you know. And I'm speaking for for me. I'm not yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. for the Marine Corps or anything of that nature. But um, you know, I know before they uh, they um, they were trying to push it, but, th- but I think from the studies I read that the Marine Corps did, it, there was no value. It it didn't increase the lethality of the Marines, and that's one thing I think that our leaders in the Marine Corps step to is they're willing to do anything if it increases the lethality, it makes us a better better warrior to go out and, and do what our job is is to go forth and kill the enemy. Uh, you know, close with and destroy the enemy uh, by fire maneuver, um, then they're all about it. But if it's something for politics and, you know. It's, it's hard to wade through all that right now because it's just so all over the place. Yeah. We we went to San Diego for boot camp, and there were no female Marines out there. You went to Paris Island. What was that like? Did you guys have any integration at all during nah, that? I mean, I, I was I was 1st Battalion, uh, Charter Company, platoon since 65. Um, yeah, it's amazing you remember that like it was yesterday, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, with my, my drill instructors. But, um, no, you had the one battalion down there of females, but they're, you know, totally separate. I mean, you may see them sometimes in passing. <coughs> um, the battalions are often probably just like, imagine somewhat like San Diego. I mean, they're separate. They're spread out over the base. So only 1st Battalion Marines eat at 1st Battalion Child Hall, you know, but you would see them sometimes passing. You know, we are all so disgusting and stinking and things that nature. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I, 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 honestly, the females and the males all look the same to me when yeah. like <laughs> that's going on. But, no, they, they they did theirs. And, you know, I've I've actually heard that the female drill instructors are harder and worse than the male instructors. Well, I, I, mean, uh, I mean, PMS I, once a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. That'll be interesting. But times are changing so rapidly right now, so oh, yeah. it's interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, how... one, of the, one of the actually uh, – you know, the, the female veteran population has gone through the roof, especially with, you know, the last 20 years really being no rear echelon area, you know, convoys coming under attack, things. I read an article today about the first female, Army female, that she was uh, awarded a uh, silver star for actions in Iraq in the early days where her convoy come under attack, and she she dismounted and killed almost 20 Iraqis um, where they weren't exposed to, you know, there wasn't the, the rear echelons per se, you know, when fighting the wars that we've been fighting. Well, I uh, besides like Jake and two other guys, uh, my other closest friend, like closest friends in the Marine Corps, we talk every. She's like my sister. Yeah, she, she's a female Marine, and she was badder than half of our battalion males. Like one hundred percent, always 
blew the th- she was a college athlete and blew the th- you know pft away and she was fucking yeah. hard was it is this the one that was in okinawa uh katie montalvo yeah we we went i was with her in okinawa then we went to san diego and then we went to iraq together mm-hmm. i don't know if i knew her i, I think you Seems, were gone. i think yeah, you were, i think like, I well you were probably i think you were uh not going out as much when i first started getting like friends with her but yeah, yeah i didn't go up i didn't go Go out she's, awesome. she's a bad, bad motherfucker. Yeah, we, you know, as a combat arms guy, so we didn't, you know, majority of my time as an officer, there were zero females in combat arms. You know, they weren't authorized being. And, like um, not even to deploy? To like no, there wasn't even one in, not one in a unit. Like there was none. Like, oh, wow. I never seen like. No, no, what, nowhere, even in support side, you're saying. It, not what? within the battalion. No, like not even in a division. Like yeah. Now. So how um, much has that changed? Like in so it's we when we were there we got first integrated like our first supply chief and admin chief. Uh, now I mean women are there. I mean there's female you know Amtrak Amtrakers. There was uh, there was a tanker I think, but obviously Marine Corps don't have tanks now. There's artillery, artillery women. Um, but it was it was very you know my f- it, it was it, it was very strange. I mean it was very strange for me you know when I I, I mean I count on my hand how many female first sergeants or sergeant majors I've ever seen um you just don't you don't you know you don't you never we never saw them it was it was it just wasn't you know and they started integrating you know when I was in Afghanistan I had a uh, female engagement team they called the FET teams that would go and and be out on combat patrols with those things we were on a 10-day 10-day patrol um and I remember I had a FET team and they were engaged with you know we were all sleeping in the sand every night and uh, I remember I was sleeping in the sand, and um, I, I hear someone, like, throwing up. I wake up, I look over, and the female sergeant, she, like, threw up all – man, she didn't get out of her sleeping bag. It was all over her sleeping In bag. the field. Yeah, and this is in middle of combat in yeah. Afghanistan. Jesus. Middle of nowhere. Like, we're, like, 100 kilometers from, like, a shower, you know, <laughs> at, at best, a, a, like a tent shower. And I remember I, I looked at her, and I started – and I said, I said to myself, what would you say to a male Marine? And so I said, "Rub." I said, "Are you okay?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Rub sand on it and go back to sleep." Nice. And I rolled back over, went to sleep. So it was like kind of like, you know, we, we've integrated, but we, you know, you got to treat equals and, and yeah. do the same job and things. And but at first it was it was odd because I caught. Well, I mean, you're sitting out in the middle of a life or death situation, yeah, but, so everybody's got to be the same. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I, I caught myself almost, you know, and I said, "No, how? What would you say to a male marine?" And I just said, "Rub sand on it and go back to sleep." Nice. You know, I mean, given your background, it, this is kind of. How did she take it? Sorry, she said. Yeah, that. no, sorry. Roger that. Roger she said that. she was fine. Uh, you're fine, then fine. One of the boys or girls or everything. Yeah, sucks for you. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sucks for you, right? Yeah, because yeah, you're sleeping at for the next yeah. handful of days, and yeah. you know, and. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's organically going that way, and to a certain extent, it's kind of already that way. Um, you know, I mean, and your given your background, which is extensive in this kind of environment. Yeah. And you think this is something that, you know, those old school thinkers just need to get over and just, yeah, I think, let's I just think go so. forward with this? No, I, I, I do. I do think so. You know, the one thing is, you know, there's, A, there's not a propensity really for a lot of, that for females to even serve in some of these ML, combat arms, MOSs, and jobs and things of that nature. But the ones who do and they want to, they've actually performed. And, I, and I'll, <clears> I'll even let you with this. So one thing that the Marine Corps did learn um, was – there wasn't standards for a lot of different MOSs, right? So they said, what's a male standard or a female standard to get in, right? Um, so we actually became a better service because we established standards 
we actually found out there was a lot of males that didn't meet the standard for certain MOSs. You mm. know, it's certain infantry MOSs, different combat arms, different things. Um, and so we actually improved that, but there was females that did. Um, so I think we've increased lethality of the force, establishing standards, um, holding, you know, not only females but males also accountable um, and kind of way forward. So, yeah. Katie was doing 20 pull ups. Shout out to Katie. Yeah. And while I'm watching. Probably and not even myself, but I'm watching 85 percent of the fucking battalion males do four, not be able four. to do five pull-ups. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. They got to, you know, and she's running like a fucking 20 minute, you know, th- maybe less. Yeah. Uh, there are three miles and everything. Yeah, yeah it's tough. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, imagine being a female in a, in a Marine Corps, right? I mean, we're it's a men's guns club, right? And then they come, but they work harder, twice as hard, prove and um, do great things. You know, I'm a great warriors and beasts. Is the is the PFT still the same? Is it still the pull ups push or yeah. pull ups, sit ups, and uh, pull three ups, mile run? Pull ups, crunches, three mile run. You do a PFT um, in the fall, or excuse me, in the spring. So like December to July, and then July to December, you do what's called the CFT, the Combat Fitness Test. What's all in that? Um, so that starts off with a uh, a uh, ammo fifty cal ammo can lift. It's full of sand. I think it's twenty some pounds. Um, to get a perfect score on that for it actually goes it's great it goes with your age actually goes up right so they're like they they must think you have the old dude strength yeah uh so for a perfect <laughs> score it's two minutes uh chin full extension back down i think it was 115 reps oh, of that uh so when you're in your gym next time grab a 20 20 pounds or 25 pound plate and, i could do it um <laughs> yeah you learn how to do it uh then you have a uh eight a uh, half mile run so in boots and utes um, it's timed. Um, and then the third thing is what's called. How boot- fast do you have to do that? Um, half mile, half I mile. Know. I think it was like 10 minutes or something. No, no, it's under two minutes. Yeah. I was gonna oh, say, I was gonna say, it's a sprint. It's oh, like got you. Got sprint. you. Yeah. yeah. If you got to yeah. run three miles in 18, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a six sprint. minute pace. Yeah. It's a sprint. Um, and then you have the last thing was called movement or contact, which is, um, Basically, step like kind of on a football field, and has you start off, you um, start off in the in the like the prone position, and then you run 20 yards, you drop down, kind of do a button hook, then you low crawl for like 10 yards, then you high crawl for 10 yards, and then you get up and you run through some about another 20 yards through some obstacles, and then there's a um, there is a, a like a dummy or a person like your buddy there, and you fireman's drag you drag him back through him or her through those obstacles, so like another 10 yards coming back, and then you put them over your shoulder and fire rings carry them 50 yards back to the front to start line. Jesus. You get back there, you drop them, you pick up two 50-cal ammo cans full of sand, run all the way back down, You get which is like, I think it's you know, 50, 60, 70 yards, go through things. You get there, you drop down, uh, or no, you, yeah, you get there, you drop down, you do three push-ups, I think it's might get to settle, but, but then you pick up a grenade, you have to throw it into a circle. If you get it into the circle, you get like a five second deduction. If you don't get it in a circle, you get plus five seconds. And then you pick the ammo cans up and you run straight back. So it, and that all goes down within a few minutes. And, uh, and then you're puking. <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely don't remember doing that. I mean, is that that's something that's been added in the yeah, last couple of years? Or? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a while now, but it's definitely since, since you guys got out. Um, 
You know, it's that if you, you feel like your heart's – if you're older or 40, you have to have a medical thing done before to make sure you ain't got a heart attack. I mean, because you go from zero resting heart rate to, like, it's ready to explode out of your chest. Um, and it's – it's cool. Sound, sounds crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to say last year I heard that the Army – was doing a bunch of changes to their yeah they're doing a very similar test. one like that I mean it's very different um, type of exercises events and they're still they're still trying to figure out if that's going to go if it's not I heard I'm not 100 percent sure that that they now have made it uh, this one standard so there's no double there's no certain standard for females vice males it's one standard across the board but it's to replicate more of like uh, functional fitness gotcha you know what i mean and things that you would actually do more so yeah i was gonna say so i remember the uh females could do the flexed arm hang a, yep. as opposed now to, they do pull-ups they do so the females do pull-ups they now. Do pull-ups now okay yeah what about uh what about mcmap uh yes yeah, so that's that's still that's still going um what what, what are you in belts if i'm you, a black belt are you really oh yeah. shit Good for yeah you. I, I got the black belt to make sure i never have to do it again <laughs> um, <laughs> no nah, i mean i mean combat arms guys you gotta be a green um i was getting ready for promotion to lieutenant colonel and i want to make sure that i did everything i can make myself competitive so it's good notch on your belt too for yeah. promotions and yeah. stuff so i went through it um you know i mean i started in a program when at first i did make map when i was enlisted um they probably did they have did they have the McMap when you they had just started it. Okay, so when I, I did line training. Excuse me, line training in the nineties. Yeah, that's what I always heard. And they about started before. McMap. Yeah, we had McMap big time. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who doesn't know, what we're talking about Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a supposed to tie, you know, little hip tosses and steal the gun from that guy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But then grab the bayonet. Tie yeah. it in uh, with like a kind of like judo and you know karate kid Daniel Russo exactly teaching moment. Yes, you know, sir. Vice the uh, so it's a combination of you know. Like if you're watching, you know I've been watching Cobra Kai. It's kind of like both, you know, you get the both kind of both sides. But uh, I love that show. Actually. Yeah. The and then seeing those guys on, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Oh, it's great. The first season. I haven't seen the second season yet, but yeah. So no, that's still going. Um, you know, it's. I'm sure it's some mature. people love it. Some people, you know, it's like okay, you know, but it's another ro- another thing to you know. Well, here's another requirement um, you've got to do. Now that so like when I was in the Marine Corps, MMA wasn't that it was like Chuck yep. Liddell and it wasn't that big yet. Yeah. And now MMA has exploded, so I'm sure there's a lot of Marines out there oh, training yeah. and shit. Yeah, and I mean they had I like it. We were twenty yeah. yeah. bombs. They had MMA come out and do fights. You know, set the cage up there. Oh, really? Nice. The big thing I'm into, and it's legal here in Florida. I don't know if you guys have been to it. I'm a, I got into it for my buddies last year. I'm a diehard fan. Is bare knuckle fighting. I love bare knuckle fighting. Um, I, I heard somebody. I have friends that have been on the bare knuckle fighting shows. They've they awesome. fought on them. I, I've, I've yeah. yeah Javier. Yeah. So we. I mean, I went. I've you know I've gone to went to the Lakeland show last year. Went to the the one at the fairgrounds. Went to the one at Hard Rock. Wait, they're doing it all the time in this area. Uh, they come down a couple times a year. Holy it's a circuit, so it's only legal in like seven states. I'm in. No, let's I go. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking uh, in. Yeah, let's go. No, I was gonna want to invite you guys next time. We yeah, go. I love we're it. going. Um, when are you moving to? I'm not. I think there should be a fight before I leave. I leave at the end of May. Oh, then we're fucking. There should gone. be. Um, Hell yeah. The, uh, but no, it's. I mean, it's intense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you know, and the fighters that say it's. Some are former MMA. Some are former boxers. It's it's a mixture in between. If you're a pro boxer coming in there, you know, you'll, you'll break your hands. You, you know, know who uh, Paige Van Zant is? I do. I do. I've she, seen her. Um, I've seen her. She was training. Her fight. She, yeah. So she was training up in. Uh, she she does she did Muay Thai at my Muay Thai coaches okay. in Portland, 
And then they moved. Her and her husband moved to uh, top team down here yep. in Florida, I believe. Yeah, yeah, a lot of big. But um, she, she, the UFC wasn't paying her her worth, and she made fucking she got millions for, of dollars off of bare knuckle fighting. She got signed for fighting. a million dollars. Yep. Um, I was there for her fight, her first fight. Oh, you against, went to it? Uh, yeah, against oh, Brit, shit. against Britton Hart. Yeah. Um, Went all five rounds, decision, uh, Britton Hart walked away. All right. I didn't know we had this in common, this um, interest. I've seen Britton. My, my favorite's a, a girl named T- Taylor Starring, uh, Killer B. Um, she's, they're all lightweight. and uh, I know a girl nicknamed Killer B, but she's from, uh, wait, Killer B, uh, Wynn? Her last name's Wynn? No, B? no. Her, Not a Vietnamese Star- girl. No, no, no. Okay, I know a Killer B fighter but, uh, named from. Yeah, so she's, she's undefeated. We'll, we'll see. Dang. We'll see what happens. Where's she from? But, uh, uh, I want to say uh, New Mexico, I think. Mm-hmm. She's a baker for her daytime job. and then. Uh, so they probably have some, like, not UFC, obviously, but they probably have some um, um, pro fights out here in Florida, I guess. I, I haven't looked into that yet. Yeah, yeah there's lots of fights here. Yeah. I, I remember uh, up in Pensacola, where I moved from, they had island fights is what they had. Do they have that down here? Or? Uh, I'm not sure. Island fights. Wow. It's basically like MM. It's just like yeah. the UFC, yeah, but it's have. like no name, no name yep. guys. Yeah, they... yeah. There's, there's a lot of gyms, Clearwater, and different places. That's oh man, you just pumped me up. Going um, so yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple other like amateur clubs that do fights in Tampa. Um, that's there. So that that's the bare knuckle stuff. That's that's yeah, different though. Great. I mean, w- w- is, are people just getting bloody in yeah. these? Yeah, yeah. yeah just goes, hamburger face. So it goes one. So you're what I've what I've seen and kind of me is. So the, f- the females are the best fights because they'll throw the most punches and they'll go usually the distance. And yeah. they just they, – they don't have the power. For, some of them have the power for knockouts, but most of the time it's it's they're just bludgeoning each other. I yeah. mean, the, most of them are getting three, four, sti- you know, sets of stitches leaving the fights. Yeah. Um, the males, when they first come, it depends. So, like, the your, your brand-new fighters, they usually just come in swinging, right? And they come in kind of going all out kind of crazy. Um, you know, and you, you, you get a connect with one, one good punch and they're, they're down. Yeah. Um, your more mature fighters, they're going to go more longer distance and be more kind of, and they work that up strategy. in the card. Usually it's the lower. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it's, um, yeah, there's, there's some, you'll see some, some will go to distance. There'll be blood. You'll see some serious knockouts that, I mean, uh, I mean, just. Is it is it like out. the UFC where it's it's typically like three five minute rounds or no, no, is it five two minute rounds? Yeah, exactly. Five two minute. Five, I was two gonna, minute yeah, rounds. two. Um, it's not the same. You just can't do it the same as like five. I mean, two minutes of that. Exactly. Three minutes yeah, exactly. of that. Yeah, will yeah. Kill. I mean, you if, couldn't do that. And yeah. some of the fighters told us you get past the first round or two, you don't your open hands. your hands yeah. because your hands will swell so big. I mean, um, well, not only that, your eyes have, and yeah, you can't have. With padding within one or tape within one inch of your knuckles, because you're not just you're not just punching their face. You're punching no, you when just, they when they block with their elbows. No. You're punching their elbows. There's, there's people getting their ribs broken. Yeah, body shots. Yeah. Um, Sounds like mayhem. Unfortunately, there was a fighter. <laughs> Sounds last, amazing. <laughs> last year, it was actually Lakeland, so it was a little bit over a year ago. Um, he ended up dying. So like three months after. Jesus. Flight, he died. Yeah. Yeah. This shit's crazy. Like Coliseum kind of shit yeah. back in uh, Rome. About as close as it gets. <laughs> It's good. It's and it's you know the the crazy thing about it is it's so new. It's only legal in seven states, I think. That all in the to, south. <laughs> yeah, when they had the weigh-ins, I mean, you're right there. I mean, I'm for me to you. I mean, you're talking to the fighters. You're you're right there. Unlike if you go to an MMA weigh-in, you know, there might be thousands of people there. This you can get up close, personal, and get pictures. I've got pictures oh, with wow. both fighters that are fighting each other. Oh, cool. Um, do they do they talk shit to the crowd? Do they have like heels and all that? 
Some do. Some do. Uh, Probably. And, and especially like higher level guys. There's a lot of now. There's a lot of guys coming from like Bellator and UFC, yeah. and they're because you know their contracts are done with those yep. promotions, and they can make a, yeah. You know, and it, and it's the next level, right? I mean, guys have done boxing, guys done MMA, or girls. They're like, hey, you know what? You know, they're they're all you know, uh, you know, into it. And they're like, let's let's see what this bare knuckles about. Um, right? It's kind of like I mean, it's all to it. They're it's like I kind of talked about this on the first episode. It's, it's their livelihood. Yeah, it's what they. It's, it's in what their they. Blood, it's what all they, they fucking know. Yeah, it's what they do. A lot, a lot of the fun. times, not all the times, but a lot of the time. You know, yeah. a lot of these guys are my friends, and it's just like, it's, it's crazy. It's it's. Yeah, crazy they're not life. like building databases during yeah. the day, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking crushing people. And that's not face. to say that they're not smart or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. But that's what they've trained to do. Buddies are geniuses, but like they just have that, that instinct and intuition yeah. to fight yeah 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 you know i mean some have some trouble past and different things you oh you know, plenty but, of um, them do plenty of them do but no it's uh it's <laughs> intense it's it's the next i mean i would love to like go back in time and see the romans fighting the coliseum and you know whoever fighting there to the death i think that'd be awesome fuck yeah um, well I, I think count count me in i think count us in if yeah, if you yeah, know yeah. about any of this absolutely, we'll, watch absolutely. This. we'll get when we get tickets we'll, i'm counting you guys in yeah and uh It'll be it'll be great. It's a good time. Going going back to McMap. So when I went through, I got tan. Just we we got tan from going through basic training. Yep. And then I got I got gray. That was that was the highest I got. And I had to do TAD for two weeks to go to that. There were different ways you could yeah. do it. Yep. Uh, but then I think I remember gr- green. Those guys got sent away for like a month TAD to go do that. What the hell, what was the path like to get all the way to black? Yeah, so the, uh, you know, as the program matured over the years, you started to have your, you know, you call your instructor trainers. So we'd send guys to, like, the Black Belt course in Quantico. That was back in the day. It was the only place they'd become an instructor. Um, they, and they would, I sent a guy, um, a guy named uh, Murphy, uh, Stassel Murphy. He wanted to go, and I sent him. We were actually in Okinawa. I sent him, and uh, he came back, you know, broken nose, busted up ribs. I mean, it was it was intense. But then he can teach all the levels below yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so you go, you know, the, they do these classes. Usually, each battalion will have a have instead of a call, called in some instructors there that can do it. Um, so for you know, you just continue to progress, do your tests. Um, and the, the really big thing difference on the, with the black belt was you went through all you know rep sets, learn all different moves. You had to be tested at the different belts along the way. Um, I did this while I was deployed to actually rack on that nine-month appointment for OIR, Operation or, or, uh, Inherent Resolve, which was the fight against ISIS. Um, we do it for right after lunch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, and then uh, but then you you start doing you know like the bull in the ring where you're in there and you know you're gonna get like 50, you're gonna do fifteen you know ten or fifteen grapplings sessions with you, fresh guys. Yeah, every you're, you're every out there, the Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in there just getting getting hammered you know but i mean it, you learn a lot right about yeah. like for me the thing was learn about i learned how to just to work the moves to to wear out the opponents save my reaction energy. times angles footwork yeah, all that shit yeah. um you go through that do your different tests but then they do like a final kind of like um like you guys went through a crucible at boot camp right right so almost like a you know we'll say a half a day event kind of like that so you're going out doing casualty carries running doing gas masks but then you have different stations along the way where you're fighting, you're doing pugil sticks, yeah. and then you continue to, you know, physical fit type training, um, and then do the, like, continue to fight, 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 and that's kind of how yeah. it progressed. That's awesome. Um, now there's levels above that. It goes, like, black belt 
level one, two, three. Yeah, I was gonna say. I have no. What What do you have to be? Do you just have to be a black belt in order to be a trainer? Uh, no, you can become a trainer at a, at a green belt. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Train, but you, you can't. can't train but you can't do brown and black. No, at that point, and you yeah. can't make other trainers. Right, right. So right. You can be an instructor, right. or you can be an instructor trainer. Um, and as it progresses. Did you ever do any instructing on that, or? Um, uh, no, not really. You just didn't want to do it again. No, I, I didn't really. You know, I, I kind of got a bad. When we first started, it was in uh, early 2002 when the kind of program came out at Quantico, and that's where they called the Mace. That's where the center of it's where its origin, its, its main dojo is, and they just beat the shit out of us. Yeah, so it was kind of like it wasn't. I, it wasn't fun at all for me in the beginning because and I did it in January in snow and frozen ground, so getting hip tossed and that thing used to be what's called body hardening, where you just like beat on each other yeah. um, to desensitize your nerves. So I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> McMap, I, I remember we had a guy, uh, Corporal Elliot, I think was his name, and uh, he used to do McMap PT, and yeah. that shit was the hardest oh, yeah. PT that we did we ever. Did when, when I was in uh, Virginia, okay. that was that guy put us through McMap PT in the morning, every like once a week or something like yeah. that. It was everybody laying in the grass, just dead. Yep. And afterwards, you know, we did in the water one time in Okinawa down or one bay there on camp. Schwab. I was on camp Schwab. So you went down the water and you're grappling in the water and different. camp Schwab's the grunt base, right? Yeah. Uh, well, they have Hanson and Schwab. Yeah. Schwab was, yeah. Oh, no, we, we, were, cl- we, we were, were on Hanson. Hanson. Yeah, yeah. We were on Hanson. Yeah. So we were like Hanson, the, yeah. You would keep the BLTs down there, but on Schwab, you would have LAR combat engineers and then the, the AVs. Um, now, I mean, I haven't been there forever. Um, you know, since then, I left there uh, 2000, probably f- December 2005. Now the Air Marine Air Base has moved up to Schwab. They like filled it in. They're like, it's, I mean, it's like totally. That used to be what, Fatima? I think Fatima. Fatima, yeah. and Fatima's closed now, right? Yeah. So it moved and up so to they Schwab. moved to Schwab, yeah. They basically filled in the whole bay, and that's. The Schwab? Air Force Base? No, that's Kadena. No, that was Kadena's Kadena. yeah, Air Force yeah, yeah, Base. Yeah, yeah. Fatima, Fatima was nice. World of stories over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same but, um, <laughs> I used to have to go to Fatima uh, to do dermo. Okay. Dermo, uh, you know, whatever waste. Yeah. Get rid of, take to the dump, basically, mm-hmm. for supply. And uh, every time I went to Fatima, I was like, damn, I wish I had a station on this base because it was like, right yeah. on the water and it was beautiful there. Yeah. Schwab was nice, but it was so far north. Nobody wanted yeah, it'd be like, ah, oh, I don't want to come up there, but you hey, it was like come to our base. What was it like? Thirty miles north of Hanson? It was a good little ways. Yeah. Maybe not thirty. Schwab, miles. Yeah, Maybe I don't think it was that far. Hey, thir- about thirty minute ride. Thirty minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah about sorry, that's what ride. I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Schwab was the one that had uh, it was the beaches. Yeah, yeah Red Beach or something like that. There's Orwan Beach up there. I think it was called. I think there was a Red Beach. Red Beach. I think that was more for for military exercise yeah, and stuff, right? But then, but then there was also like a R and R kind of a. Boy, well, in further north was like the Air Force R and R stuff. Man, Air how, Force always got nice stuff. How long were you in Okinawa? Eight and a half months. Eight and a half months. Did three months up at Fuji though, Mount Fuji. Nice. So. Yeah, I would have liked that. I flew. I flew into Tokyo, so I got to see Mount okay. Fuji. Yeah, I got to climb it with my took my platoon of Marines up it. It was it was breathtaking to just fly by it. I can only imagine. It was it was it was experience. It was pretty cool. Start off sweating, soaked like a hot summer day, and you get top. You got full Gore-Tex beanie, gloves on, eating a, eating a bowl of noodles. You got to the, is, uh, this is. Am I dumb asking this? You got to the top of Mount yeah. Fuji. Yeah, took us Jesus. About, I don't know about six and a half hours. I'd say to take the platoon up. 
Um, and did, unlike, you start, did you start up in altitude? Yeah, you start at, at a, there's a start point. Um, I don't know. What, I don't know where it was. I don't know what the altitude of it is. But uh, to put in perception, right, like a Marine Corps standardized hike, right, you usually hike for 45 minutes, take a 15-minute break. It's usually a, a, three, a little over faster than three kilometers. Three kilometers an hour, right, so yeah. but it is thing. So we planned, when I planned it out, I thought, okay, you know, standard. Walk for 45 minutes, take a break well, for 15 minutes. Well, we actually would go for about 15 minutes, take a break, everybody catch back up, and then walk for 15 minutes because it it's super, super thick. The altitude. Yeah, well, altitude and it's super thick ash. Like, think like loamy sand, but it's, it's, more, it's much more coarser and thicker. Um, so like so a very fine gravel, um, it's volcanic grass. Uh, volcanic ash, um, and it's just switchbacks the whole way up. Pretty much taking negative steps in comparison to like concrete. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's uh, some of the Marines were hating that, life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's got to be one hell of a memory to be at the top. Of yeah, that. it was amazing. I said we started together, we're going to finish together. I didn't give my guys an option. We're all going to make it as a unit. Um, one of my senior Marines, Sergeant Meyer, he was like a thirty-two-year-old sergeant, and uh, yeah, he was hating life. He was the old guy in the platoon at the time, <laughs> and uh, he was just hating it. But he made it, you know what I mean? And they had the rest of their life to Yeah, think I mean, you you get to say that. You probably Absolutely. have, I don't know, do you have pictures and yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah, we have yeah. pictures. My guys wanted, you know, th- so as you're going up, they have different stations. And when you, it's the way they make money is they sell these walking sticks. And each station, they'll burn in a symbol, like a, a Japanese symbol. So we got to talk. My Marines are like, sir, can we can we all get branded? Like with the top sim, like the symbol, like they all want to like get burned with it, and I'm like, like the old enlisted me was like, absolutely, this is awesome, and then but the officer me was like, uh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Freaking uh, Marines are always wanting some tattoo. Yeah, then I'm like, you know, as officer, I'm like, okay, well, if it gets infected, then you're not combat yeah. affected. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, it's your ass. Yeah, yeah. You, you you come back with an entire platoon of dudes with infected burns. I on know. Their yeah, ass. it'd be totally bad. I mean, part of me is like, man, that would still would have been cool. Like, I would have. You know, if I was by myself, I might have done it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can't. Yeah. You had to be the smart guy in the group. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, someone's <laughs> got, you know. Where are you at? Did, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, where are you at now these days? Where am I? Like, what, what's going on in your life? Yeah. What so, are you planning? You're so, about to retire. Yeah, I got um, retirement. Uh, my, my ceremony is May 13th. So today is, what, April 1st? Um. With my e- my EAS, my actual end date in service is is one October, um, so I'm pretty much pretty much done because um, I got to have 120 days of leave plus another 20 days of PTAD and things that need. So that's what you're doing right now. It's just using yeah, I'm just day. right now I'm just kind of focusing on after 25 years medical stuff, VA stuff, things yeah. of that nature. But um, yeah, I'm going to do the retirement 13th, 14th. Hopefully, you guys are there. Hell yeah, um, mm, I'll one, be there for one or both. Um, and then uh, at the end of May, we're moving. We're uh, packing up the, the last last uh, move. I think that's be like number, move number thirteen, packing it up. It's gonna go in storage for a year. And uh, Christine and I and uh, our dog Sawyer, our golden retriever, are moving down to the U.S. Virgin Islands of St. Thomas. Hell yeah! So uh, with an end state, hopefully living on St. John by and there. So. How did you guys? I I, I went to. St. Thomas, I think, on a cruise. Yeah, yeah, they stopped there. It's the largest cruise hub. There's Megan's Bay. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's where I went. I they think I went like a horseshoe, massive yep. horseshoe bay, beautiful clear water. Oh my gosh, I, I remember half of it. Yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> it was one of those kind of days. Uh, but it is absolutely 
gorgeous down there. How how did you guys come up with this idea? I mean, um, that's that's kind of living out a dream. Just yeah, no, deciding we, to do that. We um, I mean, I've always loved the water. I grew up boating. Boating's a huge passion. I mean, I grew up on the high river. You know, huge cost river rats. You know, things of that nature. Uh, but um, we both love the beach, and we both love going. We vacation all through the Caribbean, different places. Um, we said, well, why not? Right? I mean, it's just another move. Um, we we are, we're financially able to do so. Yeah. My daughter's growing up; she's 24. Why not live in the most beautiful um, place you can think of? It's you know, it's why, why not? Right? I mean, a lot of times, people, you know, I think in the move every two years or so with the military is, you know, it's we're we're, we're accustomed to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people stay in one place their whole life um, because they're right. Humans, humans, a humans are lazy, right? Uh, and B, they don't like change. Yeah, right? I mean, we like comfort. Yeah, we like comfort-based decisions, comfort. So we do what's easy, right? I mean, that's just, I mean, we all do that, right? Yeah. So it's, and that's one thing I think the Marine Corps, right, get, breaks you out of your shell, makes you do more than what you think you can do. Builds your confidence. Builds confidence. Um, and then that's it. So we're, yeah, we're taking some risks and we're going to the unknown. But I've always felt if, you, if you're not nervous about what's next, then you're not growing. I mean, I've been living like a gypsy for the last 10 years. Yeah. So I understand <laughs> but that. But you're living. You're living yeah. life, you know what I mean? And we only get one life to live. Yeah. So why not experience it? Yeah, yeah. When That's I awesome, it, it is awesome. I know what you're talking about. When I got out of the Marines, I you know, so I live in Okinawa. Then I go to Washington D.C. I live there. Then I get out. I go back to Indiana for a little bit. Then I go to South Dakota to go to school. Then I move to Pensacola and I lived there for 14 years. And I can tell you that two, three years into it, I had that itch like. I think it's time to move. I think yeah. I need to go do so I had to break out of that a little bit. Uh but here I am now in Central Florida, you know, throwing everything to the wind again. Yep. And uh, you know, I like it. I like yeah. it down here. Yeah, and you know, we realize there's a difference between living and vacation and so we're gonna do it a year and if, if it if we decide it isn't what we like, then we'll we'll just move again. Yeah. You know, so um Really that easy, folks. Yeah, yeah. If you miss 100 <laughs> yeah. percent of your opportunities, and um, you know, you just go, go get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So go after it. Yeah. Well, it's it, you know the financial ability to do that is good. You're retired, you yeah. know now, so you got that coming in. Um, yeah. Well, hats off to you guys for finding somewhere just absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, I can't really think of any cons of living down there. No, I mean it's um, it's a difficult way of life. It's a little it's different. I mean, Amazon don't deliver there. Mm-mm. You know, um I mean do you know if things are more expensive and stuff are, like that? Yeah. Or? So I'd say across the board goods are were I mean before the, the, the huge inflation hit, things were about 20% more um expensive. Yikes. Um electricity is is four times what you pay here in Florida. Yeah. Wow. That was always my biggest thing live, even living in Thailand, Vietnam, yeah. wherever the electricity, my electricity oh, yeah. bill is always off the charts. Yeah, it's 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 around forty was was around forty four cents a kilowatt, uh, so roughly four times. But also in a place like that, practically anything you want as an American is imported. Yeah, you know what I mean. The you ground beef or eggs mm-hmm. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when we live on St. John, we're gonna have cisterns. You don't have a water like a city water coming to your house. Right, so once you're, I mean, you can buy water from reverse osmosis, but I mean, it's like saving the rainwater. You got filters, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, you got to be, you got to conserve. But I, I actually, I think well, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it, right? Because we have everything right now at our fingertips. I mean, we can go, you know, I mean, heck, we just went right down, right down the road. Got 
you know, got 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 provisions for the for the show tonight. Got yeah. some beer, um, yeah. but everything's at your fingertips. So I kind of like look forward to kind of living with a little bit less. But yeah. you know what? I think you'll see that there's well things like water. So when when I go to the gas station here, a bottle of water like not even a quarter of a gallon is three dollars. Yeah, in Thailand that's like fifty cents. Yeah, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. you'll see things like that too that are a, a little cheaper and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we and you learn. Yeah, you learn. Shop at a local shop. Drink the local yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. Rum's cheaper than anything down Rum, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, you know, be a little awesome. bit of adversity, a little bit of anxiety and aspects, but for the most part. It's all I self-induced. Mean, the adjustment that you've had to deal with in your life won't be anything in comparison. Yeah. So it'll be good. We're looking we'll go up on a cruise and come down and visit with you guys. Absolutely. Well, eventually, the five-year plan is for us to have a rental property for the high season and, and, and rent it out as an Airbnb from having full service or <coughs> no service. I mean, if, let's say full service. We'll pick you up at the airport. We'll have your logistics already stocked for you. Nice. provide you transportation drive <laughs> driver you know i mean whatever you want your, your airbnb client it's like what's logistics <laughs> <laughs> um but we that's a service that we you know that's kind of what christina envisions with her hospitality background and what she wants to do and i'm gonna support that i'm gonna i'm a big voter so i'm gonna have my accountant's license and then i'll p- open an llc with that also um and run charters. Are you are you just gonna buy a boat when you get down there, or you um, rent a boat, or what? So initially, when we first get down, um, and we'll probably we'll just probably get like a small small dinghy or something just to mess around with. In the five year plan is to is to to drop a significant chunk of change for a nice like so I can start my own business. But I'll register an LLC. It's a business. I can write it off. Everything is taxes, expenses, things of that nature. Make enough money to make the payment off the clients. Deduct all the expenses. And um, pay, yourself, pay, yourself, gonna, pay yourself first. That's the way, only way to is pay yourself first by his Uncle Sam. You're going to be a new man in a couple of years after living out on the water like that. Yeah. And just well, we hope so. That and combined with our nonprofit we've started. It's busy. Yep. yep. Let's let's talk about that. So let's let's get into that, that coin. Yeah. So we've uh, last, I'd say, uh, not even a year ago, last summer, we were sitting, me and some, me and some guys were sitting at work. And we're actually, they were sitting talking about it, and I joined in on it. Um, talking about, hey, let's we'd like to start a, a nonprofit to to help veterans, right? Selfless kind of service, continue that. Most of the guys are retirees, and, and so we we did. We formed it, and we said, hey, you know, let's call this thing Vetcoin, um, because we we're all talking about crypto and how it's how it's starting to become you know mainstream. And uh, but then we found out that the uh, the name was actually already copyrighted. Um, so we actually called the guy, and he actually be, happened to be in Florida, and he happened to be a veteran. Uh, and he said he wanted to be in, wanted to be in on with us. Really, you know. So and you know, and he put our first first massive donation of money into it. But what branch was he in? Uh, he was Air Force. Okay. But uh, so we start off. This it's called Vetcoin. Um, our founders is, is ten different folks. So we got Army, Air Force, um, Marines there, and then uh, we've also got um, a retired State Department uh, ambassador. Um, so thirty plus years of State Department Foreign Service officer there, and then. Um, and then his son, um, Miggy, which is kind of you know the, the 24-year-old in touch with tech and things of that nature, um, figured out, you know, what are we going to do, right? So it was come up, one of the guys, one of our mentor business managers says, come up with three verbs that, uh, that you want to kind of drive, you know, um, and as well as what kind of what your, your kind of mission, your value statement is. Um, so the verbs came up was, was uh, connect, enable, and transform. 
um, and, and, the, and the other aspect for or the value was, was, was service, right? We're, we're giving that continuous selfless service. So we said, okay, right, that, that's kind of what we want to do is the verbs. How do you get after that? Um, we had the vet coin thing, right? So we thought about it. Um, we started talking, thinking about the services we want to provide. How do you connect veterans, right? So one way to connect, um, we said is, hey, let's 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 try to bring in together a repository of veteran businesses, veteran that are that are service oriented or product oriented, as well as uh, as nonprofits support veterans. So we're, we bring those together. We're designing an app, kind of like Angie's List. Um, so that's kind of the connect enable. Right, is through uh, our technology utilizing the blockchain or our coin, um, but as well as providing services to them or connecting them. Uh, example of a service right now we're doing enable is uh, we're doing a, um, a small business grant. So at the uh, our May 12th event here in Tampa at the uh, Tampa the Tampa Club, it's on Eventbrite um, in the afternoon three to three to six. It's a free event. We're going to talk veteran issues, but we're going to award. A, um, a five thousand dollar grant to it to a small startup veteran business. So we have different small startups, veteran-owned businesses that are that are presenting their 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 business plan, uh, and then we're going to provide we're going to give them a, a five thousand dollar donation to continue uh, to they can add to their capital. So that's kind of that's kind of the, the connect and enable and then transform. The same thing is bringing the community together, continuing. Um, we're looking at future housing projects, jobs, transition and networking. Um, so and this is all so through like cryptocurrency. Funding? Well, that's that's kind of through our nonprofit there, right? Then how we tie the the crypto in, right? Crypto is just another means um, to to kind of support and and to pay with pay you know or add funds into or uh, into our nonprofit. So example with the crypto, we we have our own coin. It's called Vetcoin. Um, so it's on a Polygon network. Um, you can purchase it right now. We're building a liquidity pool. Um, before it goes onto a market, but it will also have what's called vet cash tied to the U.S. dollar that our vendors can use as form. People can use as form of payments with the vendors associated in our oh, app. Wow. Um, and then, like anything, everything has a transaction fee. In the crypto world, it's called a gas fee. Um, but the transaction fee, instead of going back to Mastercard, like if you're using a credit card or or Visa or American Express, things of that nature, or whatever. Um, that goes back into our nonprofit. So we have oh, wow. on our on our site it goes breaks down our white paper, talks about where our expenses go and things of that nature. We're very transparent. We're not in competition with any other organization. Um, that helps. But that that's a form there of utilizing that, and then the blockchain, and then we're looking at how how blockchain is going to change. Now it's really going to change everyone's lives and society, but as we can use it to change veterans' lives also through NFTs, different con digital contracts. Um, and so we're exploring those options. So right now we're looking to work with an NFT company to make different military-style NFTs, the, the digital art, um, and a lot of other things. So it's, it's growing rapidly. We're, we're, we're gaining a good foothold. Um, we're building our liquidity. We've got our site. Um, our site also has a lot of educational material. So if you go to www.vetcoinhq.com, we've started a, um, an, an education series called Vet, Vetcoin Bootcamp. Nice. Um, and so they're short five-minute videos. Like example is first is how do you establish a MetaMask wallet, which is like your crypto wallet. Mm -hmm. Next is what is the blockchain? You know, then um, what is an NFT? How do you make one? How do you <coughs> sell it? Yeah. Um, and so we run, we start to educate. So we see a huge education piece uh, to help inform uh, folks. Um, 
we then we've also started a founder series on there. So if you go on there, you see each one of the founders you get thirty minutes, kind of what we're doing, talking. How, how did you guys come together? You know, there's a the, you guys are quite a group of people. Yeah. How did you how how did that group um, come into existence? So we initially just started talking. We we all kind of worked in the same area at work. We were just kind of bullshitting and talking about it, and it was really like, hey, who who wants to really give time, volunteer their time? I mean. Running a nonprofit, it's, it's exhausting. You know, mm-hmm. We all have day jobs. Um, we meet twice a week. You know, we probably put at least 10, 20 hours a minimum into it. And uh, we just started talking. We said, who wants in? Um, some people started. They said, no, I'm out. Some people just said, hey, I don't want to be a part. You know, I don't, I don't have time for it. Um, but we got a great diverse diverse group. So those yeah. 10 folks, we got, like I said, we got Army, Air Force, uh, Marines, um, we've got State Department. We Are these all guys that did 20 years and above like you? And um, some, yes. Mm. Most of them are retirees. Mickey's not the one. See, that's, that's a thing son. to me is where it's got to – like you did 25 years, and then it's just like I'm retired yeah. from the Marine Corps. Like it's a good way to transition into civilian life but still keep your Marine Corps yeah, values and absolutely. things like that. You know, we kind of see it as, you know, the – you know, if you look at some of the, the organizations like the American Legion, the the VFW, right? Yeah. Those were formed back in the day to bring veterans back together. Just kind of like we're sitting here, right? Three three vet, you know, folks that are able to meet and talk with, in a safe place with like minded folks. Yeah, and instant that, friends. That, yeah, instant uh, friends. always exactly. with the Marines. You know, you know, no judgment. And um, you know, there's, uh, it, I'm a member. I'm a life member of the VFW. I'm a member of the Legion. I used to be a. Uh, uh, the vice commandant or vice uh, commander of the VFW and Joshua Tree out there in 29 Palms. Um, but they're hurting for membership, you know. So we see this as a way to get at, the, you know, now the generations that are more into computer-based stuff, you know, as we start, uh, you know. Like a modern-day VFW. Yeah, you know, whether it be virtual, whether it be connected. I mean, we're on Discord, um, Telegram, you know, all the different social media things. Um, I honestly feel like, Maybe that's why veteran suicide is so high because they get disconnected when they leave. Yeah. Well, no, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things that we've talked about and um, our, our, uh, our president really hit it was, you know, a lot of veterans, you know, you're like both you guys, you both did four and out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you were shaped and your whole perception of the Marine Corps is based on that four years. It could have been potentially one, a lot of times one company, one company commander, right? One first sergeant, right? It could have been good or bad, right? I've been fortunate to, the PCS a million times and see different things, but you have young folks that are that are going into especially the Marine Corps an extremely, uh, you know, hostile, organized, well, <laughs> hostile, yeah, but organized, disciplined type environment. Gotcha. gotcha. Right, you're up at this time PT. You're going to chow. You're in this. You're in that. You're that. That. You know what I mean? And then they come out into a world where there's there's nobody's no, doing there's that nothing. shit. There's nobody telling you get no structure. No shave your face. Yeah. Yeah. So you and you were surrounded by a million people that had all you all had a common common bond with. Um, so bringing them back into an organization to connect, whether it be virtually, you know, it be if in the future in our metaverse, which it's called a meta, you know metaverse, we've now called the metaverse, different ways to connect, to regroup, to have that kind of experience. man. I, I think that's so like especially important now with the way society's gone with wokeness and like different colors and races and all this, but in the Marine Corps, 
you got to remember, we were all the same color. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, all, all green, like all green and bleed red. I never you thought are anything. Now all green. I only judge people off of their PFT scores and yep. if they were coming to formation and getting the rest of us in fucking trouble. You know what I mean? It didn't yeah, matter if no, you're white, black, Mexican, whatever the fuck. Yep. And so like now it's got to be hard to get out and it's like, "Oh, we're in a race war or whatever." But it's like, "No, we're not. Let's all get the vets together and that's yeah. that's pretty awesome." Yeah, so it's it's been really good. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about my peers, a lot about the, the that are, are co-founders, about the other services. At the end of the day, we're all there for the same reason, right? Selfless service for a nation to fight for the individual left and right of you. Um, Humanity. And, and, and to give back, right? It's doing yeah. the right thing. So that's one thing that's driven us is the selfless service to continue to serve. Um, yeah, that's you know, fucking awesome, bro. Those needs. So that's why I say, you know, help us to help those need help. Us. You know, with our businesses, I say, hey. Let me help you to help, let me help you to help me to help those who need the most help. Yeah, I'm going to advertise for your business. I'm going to market it and different things. I'm going to connect you with the veterans, connect you with other businesses. But then ultimately, the 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 small fee that we get or through donations that goes back to actually attacking veteran issues and, and, and benefits and things like that. Yes, sir. So where where are you guys at right now? I think you said earlier that you guys did a private. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, a, we yeah did a, we did a private. Um, we did a private sale of our coin. Right now, we're basically at the, an ICO. I think it goes for about forty more days, um, and the prices gradually go up. Go up um, as we're building that liquidity pool. Now, the liquidity pool is that money that backs that token to actually have it registered on a exchange. Um, so we're we're in a good shape going towards that. Um, we're having that first first major event on May twelfth. That we were kind of modeling after. We got to go to Art Basel uh, week this past year down in Miami and, and present with the, uh, another company called Chiconomy, another another uh, crypto there and blockchain. Um, so we're kind of modeling after that. We're going to have some guest speakers. We're, at first, we're going to open up, talk a little bit about Vetcoin. Our president will talk about it, introduce the staff, kind of a little bit, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Then we're going to introduce our guest speakers um, that are going to kind of talk about veteran issues. So we're going to have um, an organization and it's a lead for, for that's fighting veteran homelessness. Um, we're going to have a uh, uh, hiring your heroes uh, lead from Amazon, which is all about hiring veteran uh, veterans uh, into there. So talking about veteran employment um, and a couple other. And this is all part of the whole VetCoin thing. Yeah, yeah. So Damn, and that's we're awesome. Have, uh, that's really awesome. Retired General uh, Pagata, who was the uh, commander of Sock South, uh, he's going to come in and kind of talk a little bit about some things that he's experienced, some things that he's working with. Some, there'll be some other nonprofits that are also. So we're going to kind of open it up to just discuss. They're going to talk and just discussion back and forth, um, and then we proceed after that. It's kind of just then that's the time for people to talk one on one with the co-founders, network. Uh, it's going to be from really three to three to six at the Tampa Club. We're going to have have open bar as well as uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's on. And event. you're about to who's, retire. Yeah. So so who's the genius in all this? Because there's a technicality to this that is way over my head. Yeah, so the uh, that's a great question. And um, and um, so Ambassador Thomas introduced us to a guy named Elmer Francisco uh, from the Philippines. So he's the uh, he he's he's the owner of the, uh, the the Francisco Corporation, which is they make the jeepneys in the Philippines, which is their one of their main automobile manufacturers and transportation. His father started it after World War II. Um, relative was a baton death march survivor. Well, Elmer, um, he started, he was he was uh, contracted by the Filipino government to, to, to create a cryptocurrency for their public transit system. 
Um, so he did that. So he had all basically the data already. Um, Ambassador Thomas introduced us to him and said, hey, this is a guy we can trust. We can bring him on, on board. Um, he, you know, he actually flew him out to an aircraft carrier before him. Yeah, so that shows you the level of trust and obviously in-depth checks was done. But um, he is a brilliant man. Um, you know, vis- From the Philippines? Yes, vi- visionary. Was he, he was like an officer in the military? In the no, he's, he ha- he's never been in the military. He's oh, gotcha, gotcha. He's got been a businessman, and uh, he said, hey, I want to get on this to help support veterans. Wow. Um, largest U.S. population of veterans outside the United States is actually in the Philippines. There's actually okay. a VA hospital in Manila. Really? The only VA hospital on foreign, to my knowledge. On Damn, I wish I would have known. I cornered, I cornered my uh, buddy for a fight in Manila. I wish yeah. I would have known that. I would have stopped by the VA and yeah. got some fucking meds and shit. Yeah, so the, um, <laughs> he has been you know, instrumental, um, utilizing his staff, his corporate, I mean, he literally owns a huge corporation, so their IT folks building our websites, working the things, building the crypto. Um, he's actually out in L.A. Um, going through a lot of his business contacts out there. Um, huge, very instrumental. Um, some, but our, also our, our founders kind of complement each other. And each you all have ways. your place in your role. Yeah, too. we do. You know, I, I, I've entered an MBA as well as a master's in HR, and I kind of look at things in, in that perspective. Uh, another one of our guys, he's, an, he's, a, uh, he's, an, he's just retired Army, but he's also a, a best-selling author. He writes uh, a lot of uh, fiction-type stuff. Gotcha. He actually writes for a, a, a cryptocurrency game. Oh, okay. um, called Splinterland. Um, so he brings that kind of talent, but he's very, he's extremely smart on NFTs um, in that world. Um, and so we just, it, you know, it's kind of everybody kind of compliments each other in different aspects. And then um, more importantly, we met a guy named Aaron, or our president met a guy named Aaron Duda out of New York, a Wall Street executive. Uh, he's kind of semi-retired. Um, they started talking at an event, and he said, hey, I'd love to help you guys. You know, kind of the catch is, would you name your, your yearly award after a guy named Bud Burrell, who was a, uh, a veteran and was his mentor? We said, absolutely. And so he's been pushing us. Um, he's the guy in the light paper, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's been pushing us contacts around the world, news media outlets, um, got us to Art Basel Week uh, with another one of his mentored projects. So we've, had, we've got a lot of love and a lot of help. Um, you know, so it's, well, we'll put the, uh, link in the description, uh, of, of this so that people can link right to it. Um, with all that you've learned, because I imagine you've, you've probably learned a lot about this. I think you said that earlier Yeah. in the last six, seven, eight months. Um, what's, what's the easiest way that you can describe this to, to a layman? I, I, you know, if if I can offer that opportunity, just break this down, especially learning learning what you have, and seeing that journey of knowledge that you've gone through. How do you break this down to explain this as simple as possible to maybe somebody who's not very active with cryptocurrency, yeah, uh, things like that. Yeah, so I think you know it's as a nonprofit. Which is a you know five we're a five hundred one three C from the from the IRS. Um, usually with nonprofits, people make a donation, right? right. I want to help this organization. I'm going to make a donation. Um, the difference is we also, and this is this is legal on the IRS and everything in the United States. You make a donation, but we're also going to give you you're going to your donation in return will give you your really you're purchasing cryptocurrency. So you're purchasing think of stock in our business 
Right. So donation equals some coins. Yes, yes. You can make a straight-up donation. But why would you if I'm going to also give you something in return it, potentially yeah. its future value? But then but then you can, <clears throat> just like Bitcoin, yeah, in the future, you can still purchase yes. in the future. In the future, as we connect so. with businesses, it becomes currency. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of people think that it's, it's something new. I mean, a couple hundred years ago, people were trading buttons or objects. I mean, currency is just an object, whether it's paper, whether it's a button, whether it's a gem, uh, or whether it's the future through digital assets. Um, so when are you guys going, when when are you planning to have this out there for the public to do, to do that? Um, so you can purchase it right now. Okay, you um, can. And that's building our liquidity pool and putting into our nonprofits. Like starting a profile in Vetcoin. Yeah, yeah, you can start purchasing right now. You set up a MetaMask account. Um, you go on our website. There's a handful of different ways you can purchase it, whether buying it through Ethereum, buying it through Bitcoin, direct from bank to bank, your bank to our bank. Um, we've got Cash App. Um, and you'll receive crypto. Now, once we build a liquidity pool and get it on an exchange, then that's when it will tie to it to the dollar um, and then you can actually start using it. You can just sell it. Um, we just met with a company out of London that basically provides you digital, digital or physical debit cards associated to your account. That would we'd be liquidity, the bank. So we'd literally yeah. be a bank per se, right? We have resources that this company backs, so they're making the transactions. Um, so anytime you swipe, it's going to take whatever whatever dollar amount you was and deduct that from your vet count, vet coin account, what it's worth. Is crypto That's brilliant? Is crypto tax different? It is. And it is, and yeah. capital gains. So my right? question is not knowing anything about crypto. I have a lot of friends that mess around with it and things yeah. like that. And they've always said it's protected from the government. It's a way of like investing in stuff without having to like if, if the dollar or current currency just crashed. Yeah, it's not tied, right? So all the different currencies are not they're not tied to 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 a, to a state. Yeah, it's decentralized. Decentralized yeah. on the blockchain. So if it's decentralized, so like you hear in Russia, they just shut down Bitcoin, yeah. right? China that- did. I don't know about Russia. China did um, because of threat, right? Because if people start trading in Bitcoin, vice the Chinese, I think it's the yen. And the yen, yeah. yeah. Or the right? dollar here. The dollar, right? Um, now, they will tax it. Governments are going to start taxing. They're trying. They're just trying to figure it out right now. I mean, we we've actually submitted our... One of our co-founders, lawyers for his company, submitted white papers to the IRS um, on recommendations on, wh- on where it should go. Um, they're just trying to figure it out. Right now, it's a capital gains in- income, right? I, I believe so. I, 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 but you can still, with us, with VetCoin, because we're a 5013C. And we're donating. You're donating. So yeah, you that's actually, awesome. If you, if you have enough, if you itemize, which is dif- difficult depending on if you take standard deduction or not, you could still deduct this as a donation to a nonprofit. Wow! But as well as potentially make future, it's an, it's an investment also for you, an investment for us, make which is speculation of future worth. So you yeah. can actually increase and make money off that in the future. Yeah. Well, if the value of that coin goes, goes up, up, of course. Yeah. If you know. not, you're still making a donation to yep. a nonprofit. I love it. And we're That's doing, great. You know, but at the end of the day, it's about helping veterans. If we help one veteran, it's worth it. You know, I mean, it sounds like you've already helped, helped hundreds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's what it's about, you know. It's that selfless service continuing. And um, so, when you say that you guys are working on getting 
uh, I forget the term that you used, but you, so in the future, I like I use Coinbase. Yep. You know, I used to use I used Robinhood a lot last year. Yep. You guys will be on those platforms. We'll be on exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Right on now, exchange. That's on what exchange. that's what you said. Yeah. Right now, you know, we're with the Polygon Network, um, but it, our, our vision in the future is to be have our own blockchain. Yeah. Um, so we're not paying fees to anyone else. You know, we're getting change because the gas fees, right? In, in cr- cryptocurrency, when you when you when you spend it, when you change it, you know, it's like just like the stock market or mutual funds, you have an expense, but the gas fees can be insane. Same with yeah. NFTs. I mean, uh, you can they could take fifty percent of your value away just in gas fees, depending on what you're doing. So, um, by well, having our own, we can get we can charge lower gas fees. And some of these companies out there are charging little to none. Because they believe that that's more money to put into the crypto economy, right? More money to spend, more money to invest, vice line in their pockets, which will equate a larger population base in the future and then more. Make it more, more sustainable. People. Yeah, and more people, right? So it's fine if you get 10 people, right? But if I charge, you know, if I'm charging a 10%, vice, if I charge you much smaller, right? And that 10 becomes 20, 30, 40, or 50, right? With well, a 1%. On a hundred people is equated to that ten percent. What math in public? Right? Yeah, I follow ten percent on ten people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little dangerous doing math in public. Yeah, yeah right? I, totally. I, I didn't finish the math. I wouldn't even MCI. try, bro. It was, <laughs> it was tough. MCI. I'm telling you, I didn't. I didn't finish it. Honestly, it was like, man, this is tough. <laughs> that was uh, some old NCO oh, days, right man, there. Uh, no, I know, but um, um, we'll see. I mean, it's. We are, you know, people talk about revolution and, and, and tra- vice, revolution, vice, uh, evolution, and, and kind of transformation. And I think that uh, right now what's going on with Web3, Metaverse, blockchain, um, it's more than just evolution, right, in the tech age. I mean, it's going beyond it's, love, it, and, and it's going to break ceiling. It's already, it's changing. It's changing. It may change. It may change. Who knows? I mean, it could change you, countries. It could change. It could change I make it upend the whole monetary systems of the world, potentially. It, it's interesting to think about what impact it will have on, like, the dollar. Yeah. Um, it's a threat. And, and frankly, if people reason. knew about the differences between these, there's no reason to continue to follow the ideology of the dollar. Um, the fact that there's a finite amount yeah. of any of these coins – um, safeguards it from the inflation that we're seeing right now. Yeah, and uh, and with the you know something I didn't even talk about, and we haven't talked about, it, is that what's called the burn rate. So there's a rate that actually over the more you use it, the less there's in supply. So we don't we don't print no more. I mean, it, once we or digitally, there's X. You know, say it's ten. And I think it was like one. I, I I think that was also on your website. Yeah, it was it's like on there. One point. Rate. One trillion or something like that, so whatever it is. Over time, that number total value, total availability goes down, which increases your worth, also, right? So now, why does that happen? I don't understand that. Um, it's to increase increase worth. That's the whole. But point. I mean, technically, but, how does that happen? Um, so with every transaction, there's a burn rate. So every time okay. it's traded, there's a small percentage that gets that gets. So it just gets eaten out. Eaten out Eat, of circulation. Huh. But that's, that's the whole point of all cryptocurrencies. That's the whole point of cryptocurrency is to have a cap, right? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you can just print out money yeah. like we're doing right now, yeah. Like it, go, it goes back worthless. It, it goes back to like the silver standard when there was only so much silver in the world or the gold standard. There's only so much gold. And so you should be able to take a dollar 
and exchange it for $1 of gold. But yep. we got completely away from that, like in the 40s or 50s or something. I think JFK might have been the one that got rid of it. Um, but, you know, now they just print and print and print, and your dollar just becomes worth less and less and less. Well, that's inherently not going to happen with cryptocurrency. Yeah. No, and, and the, the amazing thing about the blockchain is 100% trans, transparent. And, yeah, and you can see all the transactions and everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's How much hand does the federal government have in that? That's it. Somebody's um, trying to get all of you. <laughs> right now, um, I mean, these are decentralized. There is no – now, they're, they're trying to do different oversight. You know, you I just know, don't know how thing. long, like, it's, they would let that go without having any control of it. Well, I think, I think they're all making money off of it right now, and then, and then the politicians yeah, are probably going to drop in. And Joe Biden was even saying here recently that he was going to try to regulate it somehow. Which they, they want tax money, right? I mean, yeah. the government always wants tax money, we, you know, and especially in the, the handout society that we have now. We need more taxes, money to – Pay for Hunter Biden's coke habit. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, but 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 Biden actually is supportive of to my knowledge of cryptocurrency and some of the initiatives. Florida is leading the way. Um, Governor Santos is doing some amazing things. Texas, um, very crypto friendly states. Yeah. Um, You know, I think the big advantage too is the transparency of it. Right? You can't launder launder. You know cryptocurrency well it, it, you, know, it, you can't it, do some of these other things uh, that you can do with with, with regular cash hmm. maybe it's my vast difficulty in finding anything positive about biden but it, it if he is a fan of all this then what on earth are we doing with that new uh, $600 like uh, reporting all $600 transactions to the government that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the crypto solves that. So why on earth would that be? Maybe maybe I'm too uneducated yeah, I, on the particular topic, yeah, but I, I think it's going to take everything's going to take time. We're still stuck. You know, this is a massive change, and I think that you still have generations of people um, that are not ready for it yet. That are, I mean, I am, I am. You know, I mean, our age is kind of the upper upper tier of it, right? That's getting into it. I mean, it's folks usually younger than us, average yeah. age is late twenties, early thirties, um, that really understand it because they're more into the computers and different things. Um, you know, right? Society, we're gonna it, it takes time, right? I mean the change I mean look first look at America, right? It's not that old. Right. First of all, but then we're so used to paper money. Yeah. Right. I mean my dad still has cash on twenty four seven. I don't even know if he has a debit card. He don't like it. God damn. You know, I pay all my bills automatically online. They go through it, you know. I think I write. I only, the only reason I write checks because landlord I never had auto banking. But you know, uh, I don't even go to. If my wife didn't used to work at a bank, I never would have went to a bank. You know, all three houses I bought online, vehicles online. Um, so we're more comfortable. I think it's going to take a lot more time um, for everything else to catch up. I mean, heck, when you got people in Congress that have been there longer than we've been born. Yeah. They're alive or 30 years, right? They're entrenched in old systems, old habits, the routine. Um, and it's going to take time to get these younger generations in there and, and make change. And the it's, older it's, and the older generations. Yeah, I it, mean, it's I, – I feel I understand this stuff somewhat. Um, 
and I, I, I played a lot in crypto yep. and all that last year and heard, learned a little bit about some of the buzzwords and all that. But it feels like there's a big whiplash learning oh, yeah. curve coming for a lot of people. Yeah. No, and that's why we're trying to do the, the, yeah. the, vet, the vet boot camp, the vet coin uh, boot camp series. So you go on there. And these five-minute videos that kind of break it down Barney style. Ah, oh, dang it. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And that's and that's what we try to do is try, you know, I'm constantly on them about, hey, let's 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 simplify this, right? We call it kind of Napoleon Corporal, right? When Napoleon would explain his battle plans to his young enlisted and said, hey, if he understands, then my general should go to execute him flawlessly. Yeah. Um, Next man up. Keep, yeah, keep it, you know, the KISS principles, right? Yep. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Um, and and we're working through that. I mean, our, our CEO is a great guy. He's brilliant. We have a lot of the guys that are brilliant, um, but they're brilliant, right? So things that come to them very easily, the, the average individual, it, they don't get it. Hey, dummy. Um, and I you know I helped a couple individuals today that are super super smart people, and he's like, man, I just I, you know it, it's the process. I was like, all right, first you got to do set up a MetaMask account, then you got to make your transition. Make sure you put your account number in. Because that's where we got to deposit it to. Then we got that's on now MetaMask. Now we got to change over the Polygon network. Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough. And Polygon is one of the cryptos, right? That's am I remembering that right? Um, I think I have Poly Poly something. It's what it's it's um, Polygon. I think it's Polygon. It's one of like the networks kind of. It's, I mean, I'm not an IT. Maybe guy, maybe I'm. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm I'm dis- I'm distracting us from something. It's important a blockchain here. that we're in with. Yeah, I see. I it's see. A blockchain we're in with. I believe yeah. that's the way to say. It. I wish wish I would have had our you know our Aaron Bazin, our president, was supposed to go with me. He's 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 a little more technical savvy than I am. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Tell him tell him the invitations out. We would like to hang out with him too. I was looking forward to hanging out. Yeah, with he's that. a great dude. Um, smart guy, and um, that's why I made the president. We're like, hey, this is tag you're it you know but uh, he's the right man for the right job he's yeah. great stuff for us so. three three marines talking to the president of the <laughs> of the that was, i that you know good. as an enlisted marine you're even even to this day i've been out for 15 years yeah. i'm still like oh well this guy's a lieutenant colonel i gotta <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i been, have the same thing i I, it, I i have the same exact thing yeah yeah so it's it's nice. You're just fucking laid back, and this has been a fucking awesome talk. What you see is what you get. Yeah. I always joke, so I wasn't off, always officer material. Yeah. <laughs> if I still am. Well, um, it helps. It helps that you came from the enlisted yeah, side. And that's what, yeah, and that's yeah. really what is kind of defining me in my career, right? Um, you know, what's what as a young lieutenant, you know, one of the things at base school, some of my peers hated me because uh, uh, they put you in billet positions, right? Like your squad leader, your platoon commander, just. You know, I treat people just like I did when I was a squad leader, right? And they're like, man, you know, you got no tact, you know, the way you come across. And I'm like, what? Well, I told you what to do, right? You don't do it. Like, fucking do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then my other friends, they, one of this one guys, uh, he called me. He said, dude, you're always an habitual line stepper. And uh, My kind of guy. And I was like, no, I, I know I know where the line's at. I'm not afraid to push it, you know. And I, I step over it quite often, but I know when to get back across it. Um He's going to retire as a major. So I'm like, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that another thing I want to point out is uh, your – so you did 25, and your senior drill instructor and then another one of your drill instructors is still fucking in. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah so they're they're getting re- – Sergeant Major Lunsford, Marcent, uh, Sergeant Major will be on retirement. He's retiring later this summer. Um, and then uh, Sergeant Major Kramer, he's uh, he's still up. I think he's at the Fort Transportation Commander. 
one of the four-star commands. Um, but he's probably pushing 35 plus years. Wow. But um, but yeah, it's um. We appreciate you no. fraternizing with us today. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's the one of the cool things is once once you drop them retirement papers. Yeah, I, yeah. I can do whatever the hell. Yeah. I can do, wait, 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 shave my head, send me to rack. I've done that multiple times. Yeah. Uh, actually, I volunteered to go back multiple times. Um, oh shit. You know, so we, but um, but yeah, no, I just try to be real. You know, don't you be are real. Um, treat people like you want to be treated. Um, I mean, I can be a raging asshole at times too, which which is fine. You know, it's, it, it's in, in the marine DNA. Yeah, I mean, we're in a field or a common environment. That's that's game on. That's our, that's that's what we do for a living. A little more laid back and Just don't check if I've made my rack or not. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, my wife's put up with it. Um, it's funny. She has like learned to sing over twenty years of different things and talks like. She'll say, say again, you know. In there say, like swimwear. You know, she'll say, uh, you know. Eyeballs click. Yeah, the, uh, shui, you know, shui shui, which is kind of like so-so. And everything. Yeah, good to go. Yeah, she'll say it. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, no, uh, it's, um, yeah, no, it's just great to be hanging out with you guys and talking. I really appreciate having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, been, hey, we really appreciate having you, honestly. Great. Well, is there any, any final things that you'd like to say about Bitcoin, or you think you when we put it out there, I yeah, think no, people understand it what it is. I think that um, you know, no matter what you do, you know, what I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people just think about themselves too much. You know, I mean, think about helping others. Think about you know, we're a community, we're a country, we're a nation, right? The, the selflessness. Um, you know, um, this is ways for us to help. You know, if you want to help, help out a nonprofit. It doesn't have to be us. It can be anything, right? But help our veterans. They've given, you know, emotionally, physically, um, you know, most of us, highest divorce rates in America, highest family issues, highest problems, mental health. Suicide, suicide, suicide yeah. All that um, there's a lot of things that they give. Um, and um, but just be a good American at the end of the day. Be thankful. I mean, we're pretty You know, I heard a story today that uh, that from a, we worked a lot of foreign service, foreign services, and, you know, the uh, – President or you know, our president Bays and he was you know when he was a I think he's a major he said he was over in uh, one of the countries Britain or England or somewhere and they were in uniform with a couple other because he worked with NATO and an American was on tourist tourist comes to him and said hey thank I thank you for what you're doing we appreciate you blah blah he said the other countries were like blown away they're like why did that person come up and thank you like no one ever does that in our country you know so this is the patriotism we still have in America it hasn't you know well. Wow. You know, just keep it going. Don't I got. I got to say something. I don't remember shit. But I'm from Portland, and um, I came down here to the South. Yeah. And it was like they found out me and Jake Marines at the fair, and we had some like friends working at our like a stall there, and like everybody, was, oh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And whatever with that, however you feel about that. Yeah. But like in Portland, Oregon, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I feel. You know, I thank my family. I mean, I just did what I love to do for the last 25 years. Yeah. At yeah. their detriment and their sacrifice. Yeah, I didn't sacrifice. I, that's what I love to do. Yeah, uh, I mean, made my maybe body. you don't think you sacrifice, but, but um, you fucking sacrifice. I had fun doing it. You know, never been the never had the most fun being so miserable. Right? Hell yeah. Well, you got Hell to the yeah. finish line, sir, yeah. and now you get to now you get to really enjoy the fruits of your labor, and uh, and you're choosing a pretty cool way to do that. Yeah, we're gonna enjoy it and learn and have a good time and hopefully. Great, good, good, lasting friendships with you guys. Fucking a. So yeah, well, shit, we'll come down to the same yeah. time. I mean, the beer tastes good here, but it tastes real good on the. <laughs> hey, I, I know that. Know. I've been living that. <laughs> yeah. 
On the yeah, beach, it's always better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's something about it. I don't know. Yeah, I know. weird, huh? Mm. We'll have to get all on the boat all together. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's in the do boat you, club. Do you have a boat? Not right now. No, we still I, I got one. I got the boat club. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. so we, yeah, we'll meet we just, in Tampa. We just went out last week. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm always good for fuel and beer. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and, and we can go uh, off the dock right right over there by your house. Yeah. Uh, right downtown. Yep. Tampa. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Fucking awesome. I. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, fuck it. Let's go eat some chicken and drink some more beers. Let's cheers up before we get out of here. Hey, sounds like a plan. Thanks, hey, Semper Fi. Semper Fi, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Right. Have a good day.